You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm trying to get it, What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. Today, we got our week one NFL recap, bro. Wild as hell. I don't think I ever seen a week one with this much intensity, this many damn upsets. Like, this was a week one for the record books, bro. So we're going to give some of our takes on some of the biggest games from week one. We are bringing back two wild Wednesday for this whole NFL season. And y'all know we get we even get the NBA topics in there because the season starts for the NBA in October. So we're going to have some polls for y'all. We got entertainment, current events, past thoughts, the whole nine. So this episode is going to be real good for y'all. Yes, sir. And let's dive into it with the NFL Week 1 recap. The first thing we got to talk about is that Thursday night football game. Because what the hell happened with them Rams, boy? Hey, the Rams look like some shit. But them Bills, we talked about the Bills. The Bills had a lot of hype coming into this season. And they did what a lot of people expected. A lot of people weren't expecting the steamroll, but they expected the Bills to be really dominant this season. So what was something that really stuck out to you about this matchup? I'll say what stuck out to me was one, um, the point you made before we had watched the game, the defense, the defense stepped up tremendously. Tredavious White coming back, Vaughn Miller playing such a huge part on that defense. Like that defense just completely shattered Matt Stafford. That's a different defense, bro. That's a different yeah, defense, bro. <laughs> I did That's not see defense. that shit happening. Shout That's out to the Bills O-line for containing Aaron Donald the way that they did, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, that that shit was wild. He he got loose, I think, in the second half. But, mm-hmm. man, the majority of that game, I, I don't think I ever seen Aaron Donald get locked up like that. So, shout out to the Bills online. But mm-hmm. shout out to Josh Allen. I've been very critical of him the past few weeks. I love Josh Allen to death. I don't, I don't see him as no scrub or nothing. But my biggest thing on Josh Allen is I need to see it in the moments that matter most. And he showed me that he could still do this shit. And he he's he's tier one level B right now. But that was tier one level A performance. He damn near played flawlessly. He took he put he put his body into the linebackers through um through amazing. Like it, it was just a great game by Josh Allen and, and that whole Bills team. I hope they carry it through through the playoffs and don't let me down because that was a great performance. So you could talk about the Bills, bro. But I got to talk about them Rams because they did not look good on either side of the ball. And I got to tell you this. The people that they had last year that they ended up losing, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Von Miller, man, them boys were staples on their respective sides of the ball, bro. You could tell they needed somebody opposite of Cooper Cup on Thursday night. They had nobody else. And that ball wasn't throwing to Cooper Cup. Nigga, it was incomplete or it was an interception. That shit was embarrassing, bro. Allen Robinson was supposed to be a high-value pickup. He didn't even get over it. I don't even know if he had a catch on Thursday night. It was embarrassing. I think Hitby probably got a couple catches, but it was disgusting from that offense. Matt Stafford looked like damn Detroit Matt Stafford. That nigga was just throwing that ball up willy-nilly. Pick, pick, pick. Just give me them shits if you wanted me to. And then on the goddamn defensive side of the ball, goddamn, Jalen Ramsey, bro. You still hung over from the Super Bowl? What's, what's going on? Diggs was killing you the whole game on two deep passes. Niggas killing you. It's, 
not like he just getting some short curls on you. He beating you deep, bro. It was just an uncharacteristic game from the whole Rams team, bro. And losing Vaughn Miller, going back to your Aaron Donald point, it's going to affect Aaron Donald because who else does the other offensive line have to respect other than Aaron Donald? We can continuously put two on Aaron Donald, and we don't got to worry about anybody else. Leonard Floyd was nowhere to be found. Bobby Wagner was nowhere to be found. All we had to worry about is uh, Aaron Donald. They put two on him, and everybody else, we don't give a fuck about y'all. And they and it worked. When you have nobody else you have to respect, you have to respect Von Miller. You, you don't have to respect him no more since he's on the Bills, bro. And we see how much of uh, a jump that Bills defense had just with the input of, on, um, of Von Miller on that team. I mean, that whole defensive line was getting off. It wasn't just Vaughn on Thursday. I mean, Ed Oliver was getting off. Some, um, some Greg, Gregory Russo was getting off. Some rookies was getting off. So he's just adding a whole different energy to that Bills team. And I love the pick. I picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm looking excellent in week one. <laughs> like you said, we got to continue to see what we're seeing. But this was an excellent step in the right direction from both sides of the ball. I love what I've seen, bro. So. Damn, that was a hell of a that was a hell of a and, and shout out shout out to Stefan Diggs to your point. He had Jalen Ramsey on skates the whole game. So there is a big question mark on Ramsey. Don't get me wrong, still top three corner in the league. A lot of people could still have him number one, even with Thursday night's performance. Mm-hmm. But shout out to Stefan Diggs, man. He's letting it be known that he might be the best receiver for this season. Like, and I, I can't even I can't even say that's really a uh, argument for real. You gotta like, pipe that down. You gotta pipe that down. After he you did just that on the number one corner in the league. After you just seen what Justin Jefferson and Devontae did, you gonna say that nigga? For well, sure. I mean, he did it on the number one corner in but the league. But I gotta see, I gotta see that every game, bro. I gotta see that every game, bro. You ain't have to see it every game with Justin Jefferson just did. <laughs> Justin Jefferson put up crazy numbers every game. But this is the thing, because this is only his second year. Oh, no, this is third year. So I give you that. But Devontae. I told you, Devontae is a walking 150 no matter who, who he plays for and where he that's plays. True. I don't care if I'm playing with Aaron Donald or Derek Carr. I'm getting 150. So that's an easy 150. That's, that's consistency, bro. He will he will always be number one. At right now, I have Justin Jefferson number two. But Cup got to be top three, bro. I, I said it before. If Cup ain't in your top three, you're not respecting that man enough. And he was the only one getting off for the Rams on Thursday night. So you got to respect Cup. And they continuously put two on him. And he was still I don't cooking. I know, bro. I think Stefan got an argument. Stefan argument to be top three. As of right now, just based off what we saw week one, not accounting last season, just accounting from week one. Who the I, it was good. We've it was seen good, so yeah. far. I yeah. gotta, I gotta put Stefan Diggs top three right now, just based off week one. You, but cooked, I mean, even like literally, cooked the number one corner. No, nah, he, he, he did. 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 But like I said, them other boys that I just named had some crazy week ones. Justin Jefferson, damn, they had 170 yards. Uh, Devontae had 150. Cooper Cup had like 10 receptions for 120 in a tug. Like everybody was really getting off who I just named in my top three. It just has to be a consistency thing with uh with Stefan Diggs because one game he'll go for uh 150 on the best corner in the league, and then for the next couple of games he'll be quiet. So like Gabriel Davis be snapping and Dawson Knox be snapping for the Bills. It's like damn, Diggs not eating like you would expect a top three receiver to do because them boys I just named is consistent, bro. Every week they giving you that production. So that's the thing that we have to see with Diggs moving forward. But he's still he up there. He top five. I'm not trying to knock that man. He's still top five. But top three. 
Hey, we getting a, we getting know, a little early. Getting a, out of that character argument. right there. It's an <laughs> argument at least. It's an argument. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let's move on to this boy right here. Joe Burrow's week yeah. one performance. Oh boy. That's one hell, that's one hell of a way to come off the Super Bowl appearance. And Joe, even though it was a dog fight, this game with the overtime. If you actually watch this game, Joe Burrow did not look good. He had two touchdowns and four interceptions, bro. Obviously, he had a good uh, season, but something that Black said really resonated in my mind when I watched this game, bro. Because one thing Black said was that the first year Joe Burrow played, he only played a few games. So really, last year was his rookie season. Nobody really had tape on him. When you come back that second season, everybody has tape on you. And that's what separates the good from the great. When somebody has tape on you and you still dominate, dominating performances. But in week one, when everybody has tape on you, all offseason, we're game planning for Joe Burrow. That's what you're doing week one? Mm -hmm. So that's why I want to say, is this a trend or a speed bump for Joe Burrow? I say just a speed bump. Um, I think the talent we saw last year, yes, it was technically his rookie season, but it still got them to the Super Bowl. Like, no, he didn't just carry them. There were other players on that team that played a huge part in them getting there. The defensive line made huge uh, pass rushing uh, obstacles for opposing teams and whatnot. But Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase had a connection, a young connection that we don't see too often in this league. And I think this was just a speed bump. Maybe it was a Super Bowl hangover or whatever. Week one versus a rival opponent, your top rival opponent in your division. Like, it's Mike Tomlin, bro. Mike Tomlin don't even need a bunch of film on you. He probably had enough <laughs> film just off of your first game against him last season. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're going against Mike Tomlin, one of, if not the best coach in the NFL. You can make an argument for it. It's, it's a division rivalry game. You're going against the best defensive player in T.J. Watt. <laughs> like, that boy was on your head on, all so, night. So it's like, yeah, the interceptions were out of whack. Like, now that I didn't expect, but I don't think this is going to be a trend of where we see Joe Burrow have several games like that this season. No, that's not happening. And this is the thing, though. Everybody was, like, hyping up the Bengals offseason additions, and they did pick up some good players. But a lot of people were keying on in on that offensive line and saying that, oh, the, the addition that they put on the offensive line, Joe Burrow going to have so much time in the pocket. It didn't look like that week one. How many times he got sacked? Six or seven times in week one. And uh, uh, TJ Watt didn't even play in overtime and at the end of the fourth quarter. It could have been damn near 10 if he, can't, he kept playing. So that's the thing. The offensive line hasn't improved like a lot of people thought it was going to improve. It still like looks like the same offensive line from last season. When a lot of people were expecting that to jump. So that's the more so the problem with me, because that's still an issue. And that's just going to compound the problems when you talk about interceptions, because now you got to rush the ball out of your hands. And now you have to make quick throws when you really don't want to or make throws quicker than you want to. That can lead to interceptions. And that's something that you just have to look at. Like I said, could it be Super Bowl hangover? I already think the Bengals are going to have a regression this year. I think they overexceeded because a lot of people were not taking them serious until halfway through the season. But I think everybody knows that the Bengals are coming. You guys made it to the Super Bowl. We're preparing for you. Everybody is going to give you their best shot because you just made it to the Super Bowl. So you can't come in half-stepping and think you're going to get a dub, bro. Like, that's not the mindset you got to have. You're going to get everybody's best shot this year, and that's how the Bengals have to prepare now. 
Y'all not the sleepy team in Cincinnati no more. So that's the adjustment that's had to be has to be made mentally. Y'all got the talent, but mentally the mindset got to change. I agree, and I don't know who they play. Who do they play next? Look up their uh, look up their schedule for who they play next. But I do agree with their uh, off with your offensive line standpoint. Anybody that they play with a top pass rush, like you're gonna have to play the Steelers again, even without TJ White. Bengals play the Cowboy. Like, they play the Cowboys, so that. That shouldn't be too much of a game where Joe Burrow has to stress. So I imagine he'll have a pretty decent game against the Cowboys for week two. But if you face a team, like let's say you go against the Saints or when you play the you Steelers. You're playing the again, Dolphins or, in a couple of like, weeks. Like the Dolphins. So it's mm-hmm. like you're – and they're secondary really. It may not be their front seven, but they're secondary. Like you're going to be facing some defensive um, powerhouses, top 10, top 15 defenses. So I'm just wondering – is he going to make sure that game one was just a speed bump and doesn't turn into a trend? I think although although Joe Burrow is not as mobile of a quarterback as we will want him to be, he's going to have to try that at some point in time. Like, I don't think this is the best time to just execute as a pocket passer. Try to roll, do a couple rollouts, a couple play actions. He doesn't have to run like Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, but we're going to have to see some type of mobility out of him if his offensive line is going to continue to look like this. I think this is a trend, bro. Not from the perspective of him throwing four interceptions every uh, game, but it's going to be way more struggles than last season. So you might see a pick or two uh, every other game, but it's really going to come from that offensive line not blocking. So I think this performance is going to be a trend for Joe Burrow throughout the season. Like I said, I think it's going to be a regression. I don't think they're going to be that same team, even though they could still win their division because their division is still kind of, yeah, the Browns don't have a quarterback at this moment. Uh, even though Pittsburgh's defense, because it's like Pittsburgh had four picks and they had seven sacks and it was a tie game. Like Pittsburgh's offense was terrible throughout the whole game. But since their offense was terrible, that's the only reason why the game was close. If you was playing a real offense, this would have been a blowout, not even close game. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you got to prepare for. Even though you still win a division, a mindset got to change because you're going to get everybody's best shot. But I think it's a trend, though, bro. I think it's a trend. And moving forward to the next game, we got the Chargers edge out the Raiders. Yes, sir. And this was a back and forth game. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, the Chargers really jumped out to a lead, and the Raiders really had to crawl back and uh, make it a game, but the Chargers ended up winning. And they looked impressive on both sides of the ball. But they lost a key weapon in this game, and we don't know for how long at this moment, but Keenan Allen got a hamstring injury. So we don't know how yeah. long he can be out. So your best wide receiver for Justin Herbert is gone. You still have Mike Mike Williams, but damn, your number one is gone at this point. So I think what we've seen from Justin Herbert is that he can get the job done. Yes, Keenan Allen is gone. Are they just the favorites? In, in my eyes, I had them as the favorites to win the division. So if I had to impose a question to myself of do I think they'll just win the division now, especially what we – with what we witnessed with the Chiefs of how Patrick Mahomes letting y'all niggas know I ain't lost Nance step. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a landslide that they'll win the division anymore, uh, depending on how long Keenan Allen is out. But Justin Herbert, bro, he's he's too incredible, bro. The way he can play the game so cerebral and the way he can, like, have such a, a great um, pre-snap read, the way he can just make plays out of no plays, get the ball to receivers in tight spots, bro. Justin Herbert 
is probably the best quarterback under 25 right now, bro. Like, if, if I really had to, like, because who all is under 25? Is Allen 25? Al, Josh Allen is 25, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Him and Patrick Mahomes are 25. But right you still now. got Burrow now. He might be over Burrow right now. He might be over Burrow. Burrow just got to a Super Bowl, though, bro. Hold on now. Hold on oh. now. Burrow just got to a Super Bowl now. I, I think <laughs> right now, Justin Herbert could possibly be over Joe Burrow, bro. I'm just saying. I'm That's tough, bro. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it that far, but I do think Justin Herbert is up there in that conversation for sure. I think he's a top five, top six quarterback right now for sure. And I think he does have the talent to overcome losing his number one wide receiver, not because of the weapons that he has, but because of that defense that he has, that he can play a, a, a game manager-like style of play, and he can get away with it without his number one receiver because the defense not going to give up a lot of points, bro. And we've right. seen it in this matchup. Khalil Mack is back. I don't know if y'all thought he was dead and gone and he was just going to retire. That man is back. And he looked like the Khalil Mack from the, the, the Raiders days. And you still got Joey Bosa on the other side. And Derwin James was still knocking niggas' heads off in this yep. game. So, bro, this team, like you said, they, they're your favorite, but they're scary, period, bro. They're a scary-ass team, bro. So I think that defense is going to play a huge part, way bigger part than I think we thought coming into the season. Picking up J.C. Jackson was another big pickup for them. And he didn't even play on Sunday. So that's an addition that they can look forward to uh, later in the season. But the Chargers, man, I'm, I'm excited for what they can become. Flipping over to the Raiders' point of view, it was a kind of rocky game for the Raiders because the defense played solid, but the, the offense wasn't as explosive as I would have expected. I thought I was going to get more sparks, but we've seen some Derek Carr mistakes that we just see too often with Derek Carr in terms right. of interceptions that you think he should be overcoming with him being like an a eight-year pro at this point. You think he would be over some of the, the, the mistakes that he makes, and that's the only thing. I still think he's a top 10, top 12 quarterback, but it's like, man, you have the weapons, bro, and I feel like he's still – stabs himself in the foot so many times. And I think that it sometimes holds back the Raiders from reaching their full potential. Because they had chances to win this game, but just like crucial mistakes just killed them, bro. And it was crucial mistakes by Derek Carr. So that's just a question that they have to answer throughout the season of like, damn, like Derek Carr, are you are you capable of leading this type of team to a Super Bowl? Because how many how many picks did he throw? Did he throw like three, four I think four he picks? threw two. I think he threw two. He threw two, but they damn. were crucial. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I got the same question as you. I'm I'm looking like, come on, Derek. Like we we are talking you up to be top ten on everyone on every QB's best day. We've been saying Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback. Yeah, we're we're kind of at least me. I'm giving Burrow the pass of the Super Bowl hangover. No, nah, he threw three. My fault. Uh, Derek Carr threw three interceptions. I'm giving Burrow the pass of the Super Bowl hangover, but I don't know what excuse I can give you. Yeah, you played a division game as well, but. You you're far along in your career, bro. Like we, you played injured and have have had better games than what you just had with this week one. So I I don't know. I'm I'm taking it as a speed bump as well for Derek Carr. I don't think we'll see this too often, especially with Devontae Adams as your number one option. Like you should not be. But Devontae Adams got off and y'all still lost. You know that's what I'm what saying. I'm saying. Like, so, yeah. So it's like it's something that we just have to continue to watch closely throughout the season. 
And I think we'll find it out sooner rather than later if Derek Carr is capable of leading this team to a Super Bowl. Because that's a, honestly a lot of even Raiders fans ask that same question of like, is Derek Carr the quarterback to lead this type of team? You know what I'm saying? Yes, you guys have holes on defense. Yes, your offensive line isn't the greatest, but it's always going to come back to the quarterback position, especially when you right. turn the ball over three times in a division game where a lot of people are looking at this new look Raiders team. You got to step up to the plate, bro, and you really did it. So it's something that we got to continue to look forward to, bro. So and, I don't know. And Josh Jacobs didn't even have 60 yards. He only had 57 yards. So they need to get their run game intact. Like they they need to really figure out what their offensive scheme is. So yeah, I think that's a big. And one. I think that's a big deal too because last year there was just a, a running a run team. You know what I'm saying? Derek Carr play action. That's what we were looking for play action with Darren Waller. But since you have Devontae Adams, it's like. I feel like their game plan is kind of switching because now you have the best receiver in the league. But it's like, keep your main thing the main thing. If the running game is what you guys are known for, is that what the offensive line is known for? That's what you can still stick behind. You can still use Devontae Adams with the play action and still use him when bailout situations, but keep the main thing the main thing. And if that's keeping the running game first and foremost and keeping that that priority, you got to do it, bro. And that's what they were last year. That's how they got to the playoffs. It's like, don't change up too much for Devontae. Don't get out of character just because Devontae is here. It's like, still keep your game plan. And I feel like the game would have been different. But still got to see, man. But this division is going to be fun, bro. We got the Chargers, the Raiders, like you said before. Mahomes said, I ain't lost shit. I'm still here on you, niggas. So <laughs> that's going to be some shit we got to continue to look at, bro. You know what I'm saying? We seeing Russell Wilson and them Broncos lose, but they still going to be a tough team down the line as well. So. Hey, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's definitely and, gonna be. A and it was division. a, it was a lot of division matchups for week one. I don't think yeah. we've ever had this many division matchups. Chargers, Raiders, uh, what you call it? Um, Bengals we just talked about Pittsburgh. Steelers and Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saints, it was Dolphins. Falcons, it was Dolphins and uh Patriots. Dolphins, Patriots. It was Colts and Texans. That's five. Yeah, it was at least one more. It was another one too. I'm blanking on it, but it was at least five to six division games for the week for the season opener. I don't think we ever seen that. I don't think we have either. <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely interesting. But I think the, the week one is all about ratings now because, like I said uh, last week, it was weird that I seen Cowboys and Bucks in back to back years because yeah. usually you play different divisions every year. You're not supposed to play the same team. Unless they're in your division, you're not supposed to play the same team like back-to-back years. Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But since they have 17 games now, one game could be placed in your schedule just for, like, the entertainment factor. I think that's why we got the first game of, like, Seattle versus Denver of, like, a revenge game. That's why we got the first game of, like, Baker Mayfield versus the Browns. Revenge game. And that's why we got the same thing with the, with the Bucks and, and the Cowboys. It's like, a okay, that's... That's the highly rated teams. Everybody want to see the Cowboys and everybody want to see Tom Brady go against each other. Like that's for ratings. So that's Shit, that what was like Thursday night football too. Yeah. That's what a lot of these games are for now. The first game is just like for pure entertainment value. And then they're going to get into like the real schedule of like, okay, we played this division this year. We played this division this year. Like how it usually is. But moving on to the next game, we're not going to talk about this game for long because I've been hearing too much about the fuck niggas. The Cowboys <laughs> versus the Bucks. <laughs> the Cowboys and the Bucks, man. <sighs> I'm going to let you start this shit off, bro. Go ahead, man. 
it, it really ain't much to say. Honestly, we have we have to have we have to talk about a lot more with the Bucks than the Cowboys. Honestly, with the Cowboys, we already know that Prescott out for six to eight weeks. If the Cowboys couldn't even put up a touchdown with that Prescott, I doubt they're gonna do shit <laughs> six to eight weeks without him. So that's basically the synopsis of their side of Sunday Night Football. But um, when it comes to the Bucks, bro. I don't know how this old line gonna stand against all these people. We gotta play this. Season, when is everybody bro. gonna come back? Like when is Jensen and uh... I don't even know. I think Jensen out for the season. Like I don't well, even Jensen know out Jensen for the season. Back this season. But um, the other two. What about worse? What about worse? Worse. I I think worse just out for a few weeks. He out mm-hmm. long enough to where I gotta worry. I know that. <laughs> but bro, them niggas gotta play time like, for sure. This week, we got to play the Saints for week two. And we already know Cameron Jordan and that Saints D-line, they, they don't play. Especially, we're rivals. They finna try and That's take Brady head off. And they usually start. knock y'all head off during the regular season, too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, I say the offensive line is our biggest worry. Um, It just made Brady look too uncomfortable. Like, Brady got sacked a handful of times, got rushed damn near every play. But our defense stepped up big time, bro. So I have to give our defense a nod with that. Uh, Leonard Fournette played um, decent as well. I got to give him a shout out. Play good. So yeah. as far as our web, Mike Evans making uh, probably the best catch of his career, scoring the only touchdown during the game. Uh, I think the weapons are executing. I think the defense is intact. It's just our O-line is going to make it so hard for our offense to score consistently. And as we get later into the season with these high power offenses, we got to play like we got to play the Rams. We got to play uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. We know how dynamic he can be. We got to play uh, the Bengals. So Joe Burrow probably going to get loose. Like we we have to play high scoring teams or or at least um, high valued offensive teams. So I'm just worrying how we're going to stack up against them when it comes to getting in a shootout. Because if we can't score as much as the Rams and if we can't score as much as the Bengals, like we're gonna be in trouble, even if our defense does what they're supposed to do. So. And that's and that's the thing. That's that's what I was about to say. Like the defense is what I will be looking at. They are going to be the calling card this year for this team. And I gotta say, Julio looked good too in that first yeah, game. Like sure. Julio looked like Julio in that game. He looked kind of spry. So I was like, even though because Godwin got hurt in that in uh this first game as well. I think he hurt his hamstring, probably because he tried to rush back too quick from the ACL, just like a compounded injury type thing. So we don't know when he's going to come back. But with if Julio going to play like that, they'll be all right without God. Because that Julio, yeah. Julio, I ain't going to lie. We, we still got Scotty. We still got Gage. Like, we, yeah. we have a pretty deep straight yeah. where Godwin can miss like three to four weeks and we should still win games. So. But it's really the defense, bro. Like, that's got to be the calling card. Like the secondary was like a shit down, like, and yes. that secondary was always young. They just had to mature. Like even when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, it was a young secondary. So you give them a couple more years of maturing. It's really been the same secondary with Murphy Button, Davis, Winfield. It's been the same secondary, and they're just getting older, and they just look better, more mature, locking shit down. You still got Devin White. You still got Levante David. You know what I'm saying? So it's just seeing a mature team and. They're they're coming into their own. So that's going to be something that leads them throughout the time that when they're transitioning, trying to figure out on offense, I think the defense has to carry them. And I think they will. So I'm not I'm not too worried about the Bucs. But the Cowboys, I wasn't too high on the Cowboys anyway, coming into the season. So it was I didn't have them making the playoffs. 
So when everybody's talking about, oh, their season is over because Dak is hurt. Oh, my God. It's like y'all season was over before that shit even started, dog. I ain't even going to lie to you. <laughs> y'all shit was already over, bro. Y'all wasn't going to beat the Eagles. Y'all not better than the Eagles, bro. I don't even know if y'all better than Washington. Y'all, y'all niggas not good. So it's like, come on. Y'all lost too much for y'all to be crying about Dak being hurt. Definitely pray for uh, Dak because we want to see that black brother back on the field. But come on, Cowboys fans, with this unrealistic shit like y'all was going to make the playoffs this year. Get the fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck who y'all trade I- for. It don't matter. Y'all still going to lose. And y'all still not going to make the playoffs. And I did have a question of if Dak Prescott is going to remain in the Cowboys' future. I know he still has, like, at least three years left on his contract that he just signed not too long ago. But I'm wondering if he's really the future that the Cowboys still want to stick with as far as the quarterback position. And Zeke, we never talk about Zeke anymore, bro. Like, what what is the future (laughs) of the Cowboys when it comes to these two, bro? Because... In 2016, it seemed like Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott were the answer. It seems like there was a total culture change in Cowboy in the Cowboy fandom of shit. We might have that team again, or we might be able to build that team again from the 90s. And it just has not hit. And Zeke has gone ghost. I don't even know if Zeke can be labeled a top four or top five running back anymore. Like He's not even close. <laughs> so, so it's like... Zeke is falling off. Don't even hear about him game to game anymore. Dak Prescott facing injuries now consistently. And he's just, even when healthy, he's just not even able to lead the team to victory, even when you surround them with weapons. Like, so I I just don't know, bro. I don't know what the future holds for what Jerry Jones is going to do when it comes to those two, because clearly they're not the answer like we thought they were going to be six years ago. The thing about Ezekiel Elliott, the contract is the only thing that is holding them back from trading him. I think they're pretty much done with him. I think they're looking to move on, but they paid him so much money a couple of years ago that nobody wants to trade for him because you paid him too much money. I think um, his value, his trade value could go, uh, go up over the next couple of weeks because you have to run the ball. Even if you yeah. trade for another quarterback, your your quarterback doesn't know the system. you got to really lean on the running game. So I think we could see his trade value come up. I think we could see more carries for him. I think that would be a good thing for him and confidence-wise. But right now, Zeke is just, like, out of it, bro. I don't – he's just out of it. But I think Dak Prescott is the Dallas Cowboys at this point. I think Micah Parsons is definitely the future. But Dak Prescott would definitely be their quarterback for the next uh, four or five years. He definitely is because nobody else is really respected on that team, bro. Like if you ask a Cowboys fan, like who is the culture of the Cowboys right now? They'll tell you that. Who is the leader of the Cowboys? They're going to tell you that. Like everybody else on the Cowboys, except for Parsons, is expendable, except for Dak. Like Dak is the centerpiece of this whole squad, bro. So they cannot get rid of him. Everybody else can go and uh, except for Parsons, but Dak is the centerpiece, bro. So, And I think that's how most Cowboys fans feel. And I think that's how the front office feels as well. Like, he's the leader. Even though he gets injured often, he is the leader of this team. Shit. Four, five years from now, you know, it'd be some crazy shit. The Dallas Cowboys select Arch Manning, the number one pick. Of the I wouldn't be surprised. NFL draft. That would be crazy, bro. That's the only way I can see them. Like, because any quarterback currently in the league right now, like, I agree with you. I don't see them just trading Dak. But by the end of his contract, I think 2025, 2026, he's a a free agent. 
that's around the time that Arch Manning, I believe, will be eligible for the draft. So if the Cowboys want to put their put their sets on them, put their eyes on him, you know, rub shoulders and rub elbows with the Manning family and like really try to set that's that what up. I said. I would not be surprised. Because if y'all know be that some shit, bro. If y'all know that shit. Eli Manning situation, Eli Manning forced his way to New York. He was supposed to get selected by the Chargers back in 2004, but they held out and had made him go to the 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 Giants. They could do the same thing with Arch, where it's like, okay, I like Jerry Jones. I want him to play in Dallas. I want him to play in this type of market. All right, we're going to maneuver some shit so he plays here. We've seen it before. There's no reason why it can't happen again, especially with a high-profile name like that. Yeah, bro. You and Manning, you can damn it make anything shake in the NFL. You can make anything shake, bro. <laughs> Do you know who your uncles are? Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can make anything yeah, you shake. You know who your granddaddy is? Like That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. And moving on to the NFL Week 2 preview. We got some good games coming up for Week 2, bro. We got the Chargers versus Chiefs. Like you said, the Bucks versus Saints. We got some Dolphins versus Ravens. We got the Patriots versus the Steelers, eh. Bengals versus Cowboys, Cardinals versus Raiders. We got Titans versus Bills, Eagles versus Vikings. We got some good matchups coming up this week, bro. Some nice matchups. A couple of ones I want to hit on is that Chargers and Chiefs, bro. Where are you really leaning with that matchup? That's a Thursday night uh, football, too. Oh, I think the Chiefs are going to get the dub in this one. They're They're at home. Patrick Mahomes, like I, I told y'all, he um, a few minutes ago, he reminded everybody, I don't give a damn who at the X, I don't give a damn who at the Y, who at the Z, I'm throwing to whoever the hell out there, and we're still for the get touchdowns, and we're still for the win football games. Patrick Mahomes shut a lot of us the hell up on Sunday, <laughs> wondering if he's going to have a questionable season now that he ain't got his bailout. Patrick Mahomes get everybody the middle finger. I think he's going to play the same way in week two against the Chargers. I, I love my Chargers right now. I love Herbert, but I think the experience and coaching of Andy Reid is just going to outwit the San Diego Chargers. Now, Pat Mahomes is going to have his hands full trying to get rid of, trying to run away from Bosa on one side and Khalil on the other. But when you got playmakers um, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, when you still got people like Kelsey who could get open and muscle any DB that's on them, I think there's – and you mobile enough as Patrick Mahomes, I think they could still edge out a win, especially if it's the home opener. So, but This is the thing. I think we're gassing up because so many people had this expectation of, oh, Mahomes is going to drop off. We're gassing up the win versus the Cardinals who really do not have a defense. The defense is not good. J.J. Watt is not playing. Chandler Jones left and went to the Raiders. The secondary, even though they still got wrapped in Buda Baker, the cornerback position is not good. So I think a lot of people are gassing up of like, oh, they blew out the Raiders. They blew out Kyler Murray, where it's like, they're going to play a real defense this weekend, and we're going to see where y'all land with Patrick Mahomes. Because he put up a statement in week one, but this is the game where you really going to make your name, Patty. You, This is the name. This is the game right here. I'm going to roll with the – I wish Keenan Allen was playing, bro, because now I got to <laughs> I gotta go with the Chiefs because, damn, I got to go with the Chiefs because they don't got my man. But And, and they, they had the crib. They had the crib. This and they had the crib, game. but this is, this is the game where Patty Mahomes has to step up to the plate, where it's like now we're going to see where your, who, which weapons really step up. Yeah, you got Kelsey, but who out of Smith-Schuster, Valdez-Scantland, Sky Moore, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire – 
which one of those players are going to be your priority throughout this season? Yeah, you can do whatever you want against the Cardinals defense, but when you got to play against the real defense and they're going to be on your neck, like Bosa and Matt, we're going to see. Derwin James going to be at your neck? We're going to see. So that's going to be a fun matchup for sure, Thursday night football. And that's a five-point spread going to the Chiefs, too. I, I would do plus four and a half because I think this game going to be super close. We'll not be surprised yep. if the Chargers take that at all. Next game, we got the Bucks versus the Saints. Yeah, that's going to be tough, bro. Big division game. We on the road. Uh, oh, my God. Go ahead. Get, give it. I already knew this is what you was going to talk about. Just go <laughs> ahead and do it now. Just, you know I was going to get my it. shit off. You know just go ahead and do it. Before off. I say anything, just go ahead and talk your shit. Uh, before I, I – I'll just make my pick first. I'm picking the Saints. But I know y'all watch Jameis Winston this weekend. Y'all can act how y'all want to act. A lot of people are throwing this shit to the uh, the curb because he played against the Falcons, but they were down by 16 in the fourth quarter. Nobody said anything. My man wasn't even looking that good. Offensive line wasn't even blocking for him. But, oh, but I tell you something, those last three drives, Jameis Winston played like a top 10 quarterback. Him and Michael Thomas had that connection. Him and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave got on the same page in that hurry-up offense. That's all I'm going to say. I've already said that the Saints are my Super Bowl prediction. But I really just felt good looking at that game really develop against the Falcons. It's the Falcons. So you, I know you're going to say it's the Falcons. Uh, you, they're supposed to win this, that, and the third. But you got Mike Williams or Mike Thomas coming off an injury. You got Jameis coming off of injury. They had to get over some rust. But Jameis Winston was throwing some lasers in there, bro. And he got into a groove throughout that game that really impressed me. Because I think he had a stat line of like 13 or 14 216 yards and like two touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. In the fourth quarter alone, that was his stat line. Like he was completely cooking in that quarter. You know what I'm saying? I think they would just improve on the chemistry because Mike Thomas has not played in the preseason. He hasn't practiced this year. So they really haven't had any time for like, uh, you know what I'm saying, catching practice or anything like that. So I think that will obviously expand throughout the season. But I'm, I'm rocking with the Saints now. I'm making the logical prediction. <laughs> if you want to win whatever bet you got this week, please pick the Buccaneers. You will go with the Saints uh-huh. and the Saints at the crib too. The Saints at the crib. I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, I can. I can't really say too much. Jameis did play well when it when it mattered. He didn't play great the whole game, but he did play great when it mattered and did win the game for them. Yeah, it was against the Falcons. We know the Falcons are known for choking, but he still had to get it done at the end of the day. So I will give him some type of credit. Because I was about to say, y'all would have been talking crazy if they would have lost. Y'all would have been like, oh, look at Oh, yeah, nigga. for sure. I was talking crazy at halftime. I didn't even have to wait till the game was over. I was talking crazy at halftime. You can go check my tweets. <laughs> but I got the Bucks winning on the road. Brady got the boy shook, as always. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Actually, the Actually, I, I really don't care. I don't care if we win this game or not because Saints fans love rubbing in the fact that they beat us during the regular season all the That's time true. when their recent recency bias shows y'all be sitting y'all ass at home and we be in the playoffs. So it will help my pockets, though, so I'm going to say uh, Colts versus Jaguars. Goddamn Colts. Oh, the only team, man, tying up with the damn <laughs> Texans, bro. Oh, my God. Like, talk about a team that just couldn't get the job done. 
I'm picking the Colts to win this game, though. Like, it's the Jaguars. I don't care what y'all say in the group chat. Y'all said the same shit last week, and them Jaguars had y'all niggas on and the road. who ropes. won? Who won? Y'all niggas was sweating. Y'all was on the road. <laughs> who won? Who was won the, the games? The y'all Commanders won the, won the game, like we said. <laughs> <laughs> the Jags are going to let y'all down again unless <laughs> Matt Ryan just fucking fold again. But I got the Colts winning on the road. Man. Because this was a game where it's like, I don't know if Houston is better than I think or if, like, the Colts are just worse than I think. I, I really don't know. Because I do like the Jaguars, bro. It's like, I want to pick the Jaguars, but it's like, for, like, money reasons, like, it's not a smart decision. So it's like, I, I'm going to go with the Colts. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Colts. But I do like the Jaguars, bro. Shout out to Shaquille, too, bro. Bro, they was on his head on Facebook, bro. Somebody said, because I guess he was getting burnt during the game last oh, week. Oh, he was? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said, nigga, you been with Tokyo Jets all summer. You ain't did a damn bit of training. I was no like, boy. damn. That was on IG all year. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I was shit. like, yeah, that boy, Nick. <laughs> all right, man. Commanders versus Lions. The Lions almost proved me right, boy. Fast. Talk about a team that almost did it. I told y'all, bro, the Lions are a team that you can't just sleep on. Yeah, they might not win that many games th- during the season, but they're going to put it, they're going to shake a couple nigga boots now. They're going to make up <laughs> a nigga shaking their boots while they playing. Yeah. I'm like, when it was like 24 to 14, I'm thinking the game over. Dequez, like, they're only down by three. I'm like, what? I, boy, I was going to talk so much shit if the Lions came back. But. Do I want to pick them again going against the Commanders? That is the question. I'm going to go with the Lions, bro. I'm going to go Lions two weeks in a row. I don't think I've ever gone for the Lions two weeks in a row. I don't even you think probably have. Last year, you was picking the Lions a lot last year. You was picking the Lions a lot last year. The, the Lions, I, I got them over the Commanders. I'm going to rock out with the Lions too, bro. I liked how the Lions looked against a better team. Um, the Eagles looked good, but the Lions was still hanging in there, bro. But I'm a rock with the Lions. Dolphins versus Ravens. Uh, ooh, yo, um, this yo, this yo trade. <laughs> this yo facts. Trade. <laughs> yeah, facts, facts, facts. And I'm gonna rock out uh, with the. I'm gonna rock out yeah, with the Dolphins say, I, too. I got the I'm Dolphins. The, I'm rocking yeah. out with the Dolphins, bro. The Ravens. I don't know. Uh, the cornerback, uh, Kyler Fuller, uh, Kyle Fuller got hurt. I still don't think they have enough weapons and. Them Dolphins look good, bro. Yeah, the defense bro. and Xavier the Howard. Look good. Xavier yeah. Howard look crazy, bro. Yeah, he high key the best quarterback in the league, but nobody paid attention to him because he played for Miami. But he the best cornerback mm-hmm. in the league for sure. Uh, moving on, we got the Jets versus the Browns. Oh, uh, damn. The Browns beat the Panthers, which I honestly <laughs> didn't see happening. But I got the Browns. Browns. Yeah, I got the Browns, bro. It's the Jets. The Jets have Flacco starting at quarterback. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The Jets got Flacco quarterback. I I got to the Browns. I have to. I refuse to pick Joe Flacco. All right, moving on. We got the Panthers versus the Giants. The Giants got a huge win in week one. Boy, talk (laughs) about a team. That might have been the most impressive team out of week one, bro. Because I love the fact. That them boys went for two, bro. I couldn't even be mad at that shit. I was like, bro, week one, you ain't trying to play it safe and just go to overtime. Them boys said, no, we going for the dub. And them boys yeah. got it. Shout out to Saquon Barkley, bro. We we know your career been dying in New York, but you trying to revive that shit a little bit. But I picked the Giants, bro. Baker Mayfield stunk it up. Talk, ooh. 
Talk about being funky. That boy stunk it up week one. I got to go with the Baker was looking good in second half. He was the reason they was in that game, boy. Yeah, Baker was getting loose. I have the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Baker was getting loose. I'm Baker's not gonna go. I'm not going overboard off of one game. I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm going with the Panthers. They look good against the Browns. I'm gonna just go with it. the Titans. I don't know what happened. Tanny Wagon. I have no excuse. I have no excuse. They folded for sure. But I'm gonna I'm go with the Panthers. Patriots versus Steelers. Uh, Steelers. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Ah, damn. Steelers. Because the Steelers <laughs> don't have no offense, bro. Damn. The Steelers ain't got no offense. Well, that defense, though, bro, they they finna have defense Matt Jones. is crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna they finna have Matt Jones looking sick. Yeah. <laughs> I told y'all. Hey, I told y'all coming before the season, them boys gonna be last in the AFC East. I mark my words. They're gonna be underneath nah, not, the Jets when the Jets when they when the Jets nah. get their quarterback back in a few weeks or in a couple weeks. Y'all gonna see the real. Y'all gonna see yeah, the real. Nah. <laughs> y'all gonna see I the doubt, real. I doubt the Jets win any game with Joe. I have Flacco a two hour Wednesday about this, so I have a two hour Wednesday about this. So I'm gonna just move on. I got the Steelers yeah. though. I rock with the Steelers. Falcons versus Rams. Rams. Why is this a question? I'm not picking Atlanta. Like, let's. I told y'all last year, and I told y'all the year before that. I'm never picking Atlanta again. The Rams. <laughs> the Rams. Seahawks versus 49ers. Uh, I might go with them Seahawks to be real with your butt. Geno Smith was cooking last night. I ain't gonna hold you. Geno Smith in 2022. The 49ers just lost to the Bears, bro. Niggas lost to the Bears. Folded. To the team that is possibly the worst team in the league right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks, bro. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks. That was embarrassing, 49ers. I don't give a damn what the conditions was. Losing to the Bears is crazy. Bengals versus Cowboys. Uh Bengals. Bengals. Cardinals versus Raiders. 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 Texas versus Broncos. 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 They're not doing yeah. that shit twice. That's no, what I said. That's why I was like, yeah, Broncos. That <laughs> That's like, yeah, let me calm down. Broncos. But uh, Bears versus Packers. The Bears might get that shit. I'm going to go Bears. I got a two-wild Wednesday about that. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk, talk about it. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> but, uh, damn. I'm going to go with the Packers, bro. I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, Titans versus Bills. Bills. Bills for sure. Vikings versus Eagles. The Vikings. Boy, Captain Kirk know how to raise your blood pressure. One minute that boy don't know what he's doing on the field. Next minute that boy top 15, boy. Captain Kirk. He can't he Captain Kirk right now until he pissed me off. I got That's go what I'm saying. Now this nigga back to the Captain Kirk shit. He Captain Kirk right now. I got the Eagles, bro. I like how the Eagles was looking. And that is Monday night football as well, man. As Monday night football. So definitely be on the lookout. And that is our picks of the week. Now, let's move on to the college football week two recap. We had a couple of exciting matchups in this first game. And we had number one, Alabama, was on the line over that number one. I was like, hold on. (laughs) Nobody expected number one Alabama to be going toe-to-toe with Texas. But Texas gave them boys everything they could handle. And the question that I had about this game is that 
is Alabama slipping or is Texas really back? Mm. I would say more so Texas is back that Alabama's slipping because Alabama hasn't shown me anything from recruiting over the offseason that they can't still get in top recruits. They still got Nick Saban as the coach, Bryce Young, Heisman candidate, still playing elite. Like, I I don't think Alabama is falling off at all. I think Texas is letting, just letting people know, hey, we here. Like, we're in the SEC. Like, we we here. Like, we're going to be one of them teams that y'all really got to look out for now. So, I think the fact – I'm not going to sit here and be one of the people that say that call, that that referee, I think that shit was a safety. I don't give a damn what – um, it was what they say. It wasn't safe. But uh, I don't think that would have meant Texas would have won the game. Shit probably would have just been different. It would have been a different feel in the arena after mm-hmm. that after that play, if it was counted as a safety. Yeah. This is the thing, bro. I think Alabama is slipping. Not to the point of like, oh, they're not the great program that they used to be. But it's that the fact of other teams are catching up to that standard now. So you guys aren't just far and wide, uh, far and wide, the best program out here no more. Other programs are catching up, and we're seeing year by year by year, Alabama become more beatable, more beatable, and more beatable. And I think that's what it is. Even when they have the two best players in college football, and Bryce Young and Will Anderson, they still got to go through dog fights with up and coming programs like Texas. And you still got to go against Georgia. And we just see other programs just battle out with them way more than what we used to see in the mid-2000s or in the early 2010s. We're just seeing something completely different with this program. So it's like, yeah, you can say they're not slipping, but other teams are catching up. I don't want to say Texas is back. I think they had a, mo- a lot of motivation coming into this game because everybody was writing them off. Everybody was saying, y'all finna get dubbed. This shit ain't finna be close. So Texas was like, okay, we're going to show you niggas something that we ain't sleeping. We got the same amount of talent. We get a top 10 recruiting class every year. We actually got a quarterback. So we seeing all of that just culminate into a really good matchup, into a close win. But I think Alabama is starting to slip in terms of everybody is catching up to that standard now, bro. Y'all not just far and wide the best program. And that was the biggest thing. They still had to do two best players. They probably still got the best team in college football, but people are catching up, bro. And that was my biggest takeaway from this game. And I, I told my dad a couple of weeks ago before the season even started, I told him, I was like, I don't think y'all going to be number one the whole season. Like, I, I just don't see it happening. And they're not now. They're already number two. Y'all are going y'all gonna to go to the playoffs, but are y'all going to be the favorite to win it all? I think that's in question. So mm, I think it's something interesting, bro. And, and honestly... If Texas's quarterback was playing the whole game, their starting quarterback, Quinn Ewers, if he was playing the whole game, they win this game. But we can say if, uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but he was cooking Alabama in that first quarter. He had like 130 yards in the first quarter. He was cooking them. But he got hurt. He hurt his shoulder. I think he's going to be out for a few weeks. And the backup had to come in. And the backup just wasn't as talented as Ewers was. And Alabama really took advantage of that. Even though he put up a good fight, Texas had their leads and whatnot, it just wasn't enough. But I think if Texas had their starting quarterback, they win this game and really shot college football, even though they were close already. But that was one hell of a game, bro. One hell of a game. But it was always an underlying sense of, like, Alabama has this. I never yeah. felt scared that they were going to lose because it still felt like they still had the two best players in college football. They're going to pull this shit out somehow. 
it's Alabama at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether it was the refs or whatever, however they were going to win. I just knew they were going to find a way to win that shit. So it was just. I, I, I think <laughs> I think it's just funny how there was so many upsets this week. The refs mid game were like, "Hey, bro, like it's already getting wild." A couple of that eight post lose. Hey, chill on that shit. If these niggas lose, oh my god, bro, shit would have went through the roof if Alabama would have lost. Nigga said, "Hey, chill out. Hey, chill on that. Hey, chill on that." Alabama get an L in week two. Oh yeah. man, them boys damn near wouldn't make the playoffs. That would have shot the world, bro. They damn would have made the playoffs this year if they would have lost. That would have shot it. I was damn sure not. Anybody who said that was going to be a close game, you're lying your ass off, bro. I'm not believing you. If you thought that was going to be a close game going into it, you're lying your ass off, bro. Ain't nobody think Texas was going to hang your narrow like that, bro. Ain't nobody think Texas was going to have a lead in the fourth. Nobody thought that. If nobody you thought said, it was going to end as a one-point game. Seriously. Nobody. You could have thought it was going to be under two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, like a two-touchdown win for Alabama, but nobody was thinking it was going to be a dog fight to the end. You're lying to yourself. And that's why they almost shocked the world because nobody was going for them boys at all. Even their own fan base was like, I just hope we keep it close and shit. That's all I want, like a close <laughs> game. Like, even their fans were saying that, so they got a, a good-ass surprise when them niggas was actually winning in the fourth. So that was one hell of a game, though. But Texas, Texas got some talent, boy. Bijan was showing his ass. Like I said, if that quarterback was healthy, they would have won that game, bro. But like I said, shit just happened like that. And let's move on to some other games in college football. We had some huge upsets, like Egger said earlier. We had Appalachian State beating number six Texas A&M. We had Notre Dame losing to fucking Marshall. And then we got USC dominate Stanford. Man, I'm going to start off with that Notre Dame game. This nigga here. I told this nigga, this, I, I, I told this nigga before the season, bro. You we cannot respect Notre Dame. Every year, Notre Dame should start off unranked where they have to prove themselves every year. Like just putting them in the top five is not gonna do it for me. Y'all gotta <laughs> prove yourselves every year that y'all are worthy to be in the top five. Y'all need to beat Ohio State, y'all need to beat USC. Well, y'all to prove to me that y'all need to be up here in the top five. Y'all lost to Marshall? I mean, the offense couldn't even move, bro. The offense couldn't even move against Marshall. And you're supposed to be Ohio State and USC and whoever the fuck else you play? You got Clemson later in the schedule? I was saying last week that Clemson was going to lose to Notre Dame. After what I just seen, I, I'm, I lied my ass off. Because they damn sure, Clemson damn sure finna clap up Notre Dame. God damn, that was embarrassing, bro. I don't even like Notre Dame, but I was just like, I'm fed up, bro. I'm fed up with the shit. I don't want to see these niggas in the playoffs. Even when we get the 12-team playoffs, I still don't want to see these niggas in the playoffs at all because I'm not going to respect these niggas, bro. I'm done, bro. I'm done. Bro, I can't argue that on what you <laughs> Because I've been saying this whole time, bro, just based off of schedule alone, Notre Dame will always be in the conversation because they slick ass just trying to stay in that FBS um, conference to make yep. sure they could just stay independent and play whoever the hell just get put on their schedule. But a team like Marshall, who has nothing to lose, honestly, nothing to gain, because they ain't going to get far. They, they probably ain't never going to be ranked top 25. But they just have They might after this W. Why not? Well, they, they <laughs> might at this point. They, they might be in top 25 just because who they beat. Yeah. But, <laughs> the, the fact that Notre Dame just wet the bed like this, bro. We're used to seeing them wet the bed when it came to the playoffs or like a playoff 
fringe type of game of like, hey, y'all need this win to get to the playoffs. We see them fold around that time of the year. But week two, bro, Marshall? Marshall isn't known for any damn thing. I don't know these niggas for basketball, football. These, I don't know Marshall. These niggas are known anything. for Randy Moss, and that is it. <laughs> that is man, it. Man, what? <laughs> I, I'm just, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Notre Dame at this point. I, I thought it was funny as hell that you said they got to start every season unranked. That's what I was saying. They got to start off every season unranked to prove themselves <laughs> worthy of being in the top 10, bro. Because just starting off top five, that shit ain't working for me, bro. That shit is not it's, working for me, bro. They, that they shit need was to just be completely taken out of the top 25 after an L like that. I don't even know what they dropped to. What if they dropped to? I don't even know. They shouldn't even be in the top 25 no more. Oh, they are they out? Are they? They should be. Ooh, the boys out of the top 25. Because they 0-2. They're 0-2. Yeah, y'all should be out of here. Y'all should be out. Them boys out the top 20 because you lost be. to a top team in Ohio State. And then you just lost to a trash-ass team. So y'all can't be either side of the spectrum. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm talking about this nigga. 25. And shit, my <laughs> prediction to get to the college football playoff, them niggas lost to Appalachian State. So I can't even yeah. talk too much shit about Notre Dame because they have Texas a and folded their ass off. So it was just a whole but, week of upsets, bro. But Des Bryant said, bro, Des Bryant said for the past few years, Appalachian State has been growing as a They're program. They're good. And that man yeah. said, y'all going to learn to stop putting them on these niggas' schedules thinking yeah. they just going to get swept by 50 of 40 points or whatever. Like, no, they going to get these teams comped. Like, yeah. this ain't no, because I think they even tweeted, thanks for the 1.5 million. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, beat y'all yeah. ass and took y'all cheese. So, hey, man, y'all ain't paying yeah. these niggas to lose no more. They really finna get the dub, too. Facts, facts. Everybody knows Appalachian State for beating Michigan in, like, 2007. That was, like, their biggest win in program history. But they've just been building over this time. They almost beat somebody last week. They played a top team last week and almost beat them. But it's like, damn, Texas A&M came in sleepwalking. They slapped their ass right up. And USC, they dominated Stanford. A lot of people were questioning yep. that. But Caleb Williams just continues to impress. I just got to see them play against the real team now. Whether it's Utah or like a top team in the Pac-12, Oregon or whoever. I just need to see USC dominate one of those teams. And I'll be on this, this Caleb Williams bandwagon for sure. I got him still as my Heisman favorite, bro. So I, I think he can do it. The performances I've seen from him in these first two weeks, bro, they they screaming Heisman right now. So like you said, if he could do it against the top, at least top 10, like if you can't do it against top five, then shit, like you, the program is still growing. But if you could play a top 10 ranked team and show me what you've been showing me, I'll be fine with that. And it's crazy about like the Heisman, like, excuse me, like, Bryce Young had a couple of Heisman moment type of plays in that Texas matchup, too. Even though it was a, a close game and a lot of people thought it was going to be a blowout, he had some Heisman moment, bro. And he showed why he's the best player in college football, quote-unquote best player, arguable type of thing. But he showed his ass in that game. Without him, they not winning that shit at all, bro. He showed his ass. So definitely shout out to Bryce Young, too. And speaking of Heisman contenders or people who thought he was going to be a Heisman contender, the AR-15 switch-up. If you don't know who AR-15 is, this is uh, Anthony Richardson. And y'all was... Nope. And this is why this is why I was going to knock your head off. This is why I told you before the pod, bro. Because you, you was doing all this goddamn tweeting talking about some... I told y'all not to believe in Florida. Da, 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 da. I told y'all about Anthony Richardson. He wasn't going to be like that. But you said last week he was going to be a top three, top three Heisman contender. 
And now yeah, you I said that was up. our only highlight of the season. I said that was gonna be our only. But no, you don't switched up and say he ain't gonna be Heisman. That nigga ain't shit. Or the Florida ain't gonna win. So it's like you don't change your whole tune. I didn't. I literally didn't. No, you did. You said he was gonna be top three Heisman. I say he was gonna be top three Heisman. I didn't agree with the fact that people were saying he's gonna be better than Tim Tebow, and he's he's reminiscent of Vince Young. That's why I drew the damn line. I was like, no, bro, he is a good quarterback. And he has a chance to be top three Heisman contender this year. But that does not mean the number 15 he's wearing is any type of relevancy to the last <laughs> number 15. That is damn sure not the situation. And I'm mad. I'm first off, I'm mad as hell. Tebow gave him permission to wear the damn number because he ain't even show no reason to wear the damn number. Like it, it's just Florida's problem, bro. We need a damn quarterback, and it's not working in-house until we really recruit a top five not top five well yeah top five but a five-star qb in the nation we're not winning shit bro we can have weapons galore but until we just fix that quarterback spot i don't know what the hell gonna happen bro we honestly don't don't got weapons galore our weapons not that good no no i'm saying like even when we did like even when we did but but we even when we had trash like it just we just didn't have a full complete team because when we had the offensive um, juggernaut with Trask and Pitts and Tony and them. Our defense was sleeping. Now, we got a pretty good defense, but we ain't got no weapons on offense, and Anthony Richardson is not the answer. So we continue to have multiple pieces that are just not getting us over the hump. Shout out to Bill Napier. You you did a great job in week one with defeating a top 10 team in Utah, but then we play a team like Kentucky, who we need to stop sleeping on. For the past four years, Kentucky has beaten us three out of the last four. Kentucky mm-hmm. is no longer a team that my Florida Gators, that our Florida Gators can really sit there and be like, we be in Kentucky this week. We can no longer just sit and say that shit. So Kentucky has earned that level of respect. But I think until we get a top recruit at quarterback and really get in more like a real top five recruiting class, we're not finna do shit, bro. I don't even think we're ever in the top 10 when it comes to recruiting any year, bro. Nah, not in a, not in a long time, bro. We, since we Urban can't Meyer. Be a, we can't be outside of the top 10 in recruiting every season and expect to go to the playoffs and expect to have a successful season. It's just not finna fucking happen. This is the thing, bro. I think Anthony Richardson could still be the guy. Did that nigga have a terrible game? Hell yeah, that's the worst game I've seen. That shit was hockey worse than Emory last. That nigga, that nigga played terrible, bro. That nigga couldn't hit anybody. That nigga was throwing picks wherever the fuck. I mean, damn. Even when he throwing check downs, he throwing. I mean, that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. But like I said, the talent is there. Y'all just got to work with that nigga, bro. Because like I said last week, he got the talent, but the IQ not there, bro. He just has the to play more football. Huh? The accuracy ain't there either. It's, I think the accuracy can be improved. And this is the thing. This is the you thing. You cannot have Richardson. IQ and not have accuracy. I don't get that. He just has to play more games, bro. This is that was only his second start ever. He has to play more games. We have to work with him. See, because now we're starting to get the mindset of like a, a Florida team that his expectations was like, oh, college football playoff. When our expectations should be on rebuild. We yeah. should be trying to grow with Anthony Richardson. We judging him like we were supposed to be these world beaters when we were not. We're This is a rebuilding season with a quarterback who was young as hell, who doesn't have any starts. We just have to work with him. We have to go through the growing pains. 
This is why we wanted Anthony Richardson to start last year so he can knock those growing pains off last year. But Dan Mullen was going all that bullshit with Emory. So now we got to go through the growing pains now. But he still has to learn how to play the game of football, bro. This is only his second start. His first start was amazing. His second start was ass. But this is the thing. That's what's going to happen in your first year, bro. You're going to have some ups and downs, but you just got to go with it in your real rebuilding season. We got to stop having these expectations like he was supposed to be this guy. We got to we gotta work with him. We do. I ain't, I ain't expect him to just be this guy. I just, even last year with him playing backup, it's like we, we are able to see when quarterbacks just naturally have it and quarterbacks naturally don't. Like, I don't think it takes an ample amount of starts for you to, like, for us to see if you can really do the shit or not. Kyle Trask, from the moment he stepped on the field and was labeled the quarterback of the University of Florida, the man played great. He was he showed that I don't he's know been the if best. he played great. He had some good moments. He but throughout great. that first season, he did have some ups and downs. We won, what, nine to ten games that year? After we didn't win every game. Like I said, we had ups and downs throughout that season. That's not we ups, ups and, and downs. downs. We only lost two to three games. That's not. But like I said, downs. we had ups and downs. We had a good ass team. Ain't like Trash got to do every goddamn thing. This team ain't nearly as talented because we rebuilding, bro. This team is not nearly as talented. Who is our wide receivers? Name them. I don't, even know. Shit, I I don't know, know who them niggas are. <laughs> Henderson, that nigga's slow as hell. We got some white boy playing wide receiver. You know that's not a good sign unless your name Cooper Cup. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. We got to get some goddamn talent everywhere. If you saying we got to get a five-star quarterback, I agree with you. We do need to get that because he's going to go to the NFL. But we we need other pieces too. I exactly. Do, I do agree with exactly. you. That's why I said we can't have we can't not have a top ten recruiting class. Yeah, exactly. We don't have any offensive weapons, and our defense our defense is pretty stout right now for an SEC defense. We up there for they real. I, I they didn't look lie. good in week one though. Week one they yeah, were getting ran they, they, they ain't look that good. But hey, but shit, I'll take an SEC. Um, our players taking good. Taking playing good over an SEC number 20 team over a Pac 12 number 17. I'll take that performance over that performance any day. But this is what I'm saying, bro. We should just be prepared for the growing pains of of Anthony Richardson. Like we shouldn't be just jumping on a man like ah, oh, you trash ass nigga. Because like I said, this is his second start, bro. He will continue to get better. Will his accuracy improve? That's something that we just have to see. But I know with the more games he plays, he will start to make the correct reads. He won't make those dumbass mistakes that he's making now. So we have to lower our expectations. Because like you said, our expectations should be seven wins to eight wins. That's what their expectations should be. So while we grading him like, oh my goodness, you lost. Oh my goodness, you didn't look good. When our expectation should be at seven wins before the season, we we predicted them to lose the first two games before the season. So yep. why are we mad at him for losing to Kentucky when we predicted it before the season? Everybody's I'm, up in arms. I'm mad at the fans who big talked him to saying that he was gonna reach these expectations. That's honestly why I'm mad. Like that's honestly why I went to Twitter the way I did because it's like <laughs> no, y'all are calling this man. The next Tebow, the next Big 15, y'all are saying he's the second coming of Vince Young. It's like, bro, we are in a rebuild period. We are. Do not put that type of label on this man, no matter whether we think he's good or not. Like, well, I mean, no matter whether I think he's good or not, like, I wouldn't put that label on him, even if I did think yeah. he was that level. 
our team just because what if he was a five star recruit right now? We still have to have weapons. Like he still has to have somebody to throw the damn ball to. And I ain't gonna lie, Etn little brother Trevor, he was like, getting that, loose. That boy is solid. So yeah. our running game mm-hmm. gonna help him a lot. Yeah. And with him him being a freshman, he gonna be there for the next three years. Yeah, that shit gonna be tough. But um, but I I just think, bro, right now I'm just I have such harsh comments the way I do because I'm trying to show everybody that we don't need to be big talking him like this because all y'all are going to do is just make his y'all going to make his case look worse. The more y'all say he's on this level of talent and does not play to even half of that, that's that's just going to hurt his case. Like y'all are going to look stupid as hell throughout the entire season saying this stuff. So that's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Lower the damn expectations. We are not making a college that dream of making a college football playoff that left when Dan Mullen left. No three, four years that he was there, we had two solid years where we could have mm-hmm. did the shit, and we didn't. Like, now we we going back to the drawing board. So all, all that rah-rah shit, I'm just trying to talk down the UF fans that think we got a chance. That shit is out the window at the moment. Oh, it, it is, though. It is, bro. It's a rebuilding season. I'm, I'm still with Anthony Richardson. He just got to grow, bro. Like I said, this is that man's second start. I'm not going to trip on Anthony Richardson. I'm really not. All right, man. Now let's make some college football week three picks. Let, what games we got? What 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 rank matchups we got? We got uh, BYU versus Oregon in a twelve versus twenty five matchup. We have Miami versus Texas A and M. Miami yeah. could get a big W because Texas A and M is favored, but and Texas A and M is at home. But Miami been looking pretty solid in their first two games as well. Yeah. So that, that's kind of interesting. That's the only I like, those are only two ranked matchups right now. I like BYU over Oregon. I like I ain't gonna lie. I like Texas A&M over Miami. Ooh, another game I like is um I like that Oklahoma and Nebraska game. That shit gonna be good. Oklahoma, I got Oklahoma winning, but I think Nebraska gonna get them boys run and Nebraska at home too. And Nebraska just fired Scott Frost too. Them boys gotta they got that boy out the door so. It could be like an energy because usually after you fire a coach, like the team plays better after they fire their coach. It's always oh, and Penn State play Auburn. Ooh, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. So I got I got Miami beating Texas AM, bro. I'm rocking out with Miami. I think that could be a big W, even though Texas AM lost to Appalachia State. I think that could still be a big W for Miami. And I'm going with BYU, man. Even though that Oregon is at home, just seeing Oregon get smacked on national television. It, that shit is still yeah. replaying in my mind, so I'm just not going to pick them for, for right now. I'm going with BYU. I've seen a couple of BYU games, too, so it do look pretty solid. And all of these other games, I really don't see any other upsets from these other games that I'm looking at currently. Yeah, shouldn't be anyway. Shit. Yeah. Fresno State, yeah. I'm not seeing I don't know how. Yet. I don't know how Washington is, so I don't know if Michigan State might get upset, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm really not seeing any other upsets. Georgia versus South Carolina. That's a that's another game. That's an SEC matchup. But Spencer Rattler. That's a, I think that's the only reason I'm I'm mentioning that game. It's a big performance. If he puts up a big performance against a Georgia defense that's really leading the pack right now, that could really put him back in like the NFL draft like prospect scenario where he once was last season. So that's so that's another game to look out for. But moving on, let's move on to. Two Wild Wednesday, the segment that is now back in full effect. All right, yes, Egan, I'm going to have you start it off. All right. Ooh, which one I'm going to pick first? 
Ooh, let's shake the let's shake the table with this one right here. The Saints should trade Jameis Winston for Lamar Jackson. Too wild the, or not too wild? How the fuck? How, how did we get here? <laughs> how, how did we get here? No, nah, bro, you got to give me some context, bro. Because you just tra- traded one nigga for one nigga. Obviously, I'm gonna say yeah, trade Lamar for Jameis for sure. But why? I would mean, obviously, James it's be- not gonna it's not gonna be a face face trade. There's obviously but I'm saying, other, like, why would he be traded for Jameis? If you're the if you're the Saints, you're definitely trying to Ravens trade for Lamar Jackson. Want, I, I would want picks. Like James, you're, you're gonna get picks. You're gonna you're gonna get picks. If you're giving up Lamar Jackson, you're gonna get Jameis Winston and several picks. Jameis Winston is not gonna ma- be your I would make the deal because it's it's the it's Lamar Jackson. I would still make the deal, bro. It's not like Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback for sure. You gotta you gotta think Jameis Winston's contract. He's a free agent in 2024. You will only have him the remainder of this season and all the next season. If you even want him to be the starter or not, you'll just have him for one more season and his contract done. You can get, you can draft for a quarterback with the picks that you'll get with him. And then if you're the Saints, you get Lamar Jackson to throw to um, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, and you got Alvin Kamara in the backfield. That shit would be crazy, bro. Like, just imagine Lamar Jackson in New Orleans with that offensive arsenal. And the defense that they always have, which is always stout, bro, the NFC South will have two juggernauts. And you got to think, if you're the Saints, Brady finna head out, so the Bucks going to be in a rebuild soon. Bro, I'm telling you, if I'm New Orleans I, and I see what's going on in Baltimore, how they ain't finna pay that man what he want? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Take Jameis Winston. We'll give y'all about four five picks and give us Lamar Jackson. Our future solidified. Y'all can go ahead and rebuild. Because y'all ain't helping the situation anyway with Lamar got going on. <laughs> bro, it's a win-win, bro. You're the Ravens, and you get to rebuild how you want. And you the same. I just don't like that you put Jameis in this equation because I don't think he's necessary. I don't think Jameis is necessary. It's the fact yes, that you is. said, should Jameis be traded for... That's like, that's what really threw me off. But obviously, Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Jameis. So obviously, I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> so I, I say not too wild. The Saints should not, trade not Jameis wild. Winston for Lamar Jackson. Not too wild. I, I still don't like the Jameis Winston point, but all right. All right, moving on to <laughs> mine. We got Jalen Hurts will be a top three quarterback in the NFC. Too wild or not too wild? And think about the quarterbacks in the NFC. Because, I, hey, hey, he going to be over y'all too boy, wild. too. He going to be too over wild. y'all boy this year, too. Aaron Rodgers, Hurts finna be over him. Too wild. Hurts finna be over Aaron. You did you just see what we seen on Sunday? Yeah, you better look out for Captain Kurt. Shit, me. Excuse me. <laughs> I gotta look out for Kurt Cousins. That's who the threat is. But um, look, look at the NFC. NFC though. NFC, I, I do say not too wild. That that's not too crazy. Not too wild, bro. You got yeah. Tom Brady. I don't think Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback talent wise, but his team. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be like that. Especially looking at Week One, and especially looking at the Eagles and how Hurts looked on Sunday. I'm saying not too wild. I think yeah, Hurts gonna I, be up in that. I doubt Matt Stafford going to have a terrible game every week. Matt Stafford going to be a top three QB in the NFC. So I would say Brady, Matt Stafford, and Jalen Hurts could be in the top three. So they ain't crazy. Not, not Aaron, too wild. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers, I want to make this clear. Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, is obviously better than Jalen Hurts. But team, 
And that situation in Green Bay does not look good, especially looking at uh, week one. So I'm saying yeah. that Jalen Hurts, because of that reason in his situation, will be a top three quarterback in the NFC. I do not think that is too wild. Uh, Edgar, what you got? Uh, my second one, who had the more disappointing week one, the Colts or the 49ers? I would say the 49ers. Surprisingly, I would say the 49ers because we had so such high expectations, not high expectations, but we had expectations that you guys can at least take down the Bears where a lot of people think they're going to be the worst team in the NFC. Like y'all can at least get off to that big of a W where the Lance confidence can at least go up. But just losing to the Bears is such a, a it's, it's a setback to me. Even though that was only his first start, I feel like that's a setback in the wrong direction because more questions will continue to be asked, I think, now about Jimmy G. Jimmy G is still there and still lingering. Jimmy G still has a 70% winning record uh, with the, the San Francisco 49ers. We could talk about his talent and how he always folds, but he always wins with the 49ers. That's something that you can never question about Jimmy G. And with Trey Lance losing to the Bears, like I said, I don't give a damn what the damn conditions were, bro. You can't lose to the Bears, bro. Like, y'all got too much goddamn talent, dog. So I think I would go with the, the 49ers. I would go with the Colts just because Matt Ryan has been deemed this player of he was just in Atlanta. He was just in a bad situation. If you put him on the right team, it'll be a totally different story. Now you are on the right team. We talked about the Colts being a playoff team, being a possible team that can make a first round upset when it came to the playoffs. If, if everything's hitting on all cylinders, you got Jonathan Taylor, you got Pittman and Hines to, um, two powerful offensive weapons as well. Like you, and you're Matt Ryan, you were former MVP of the NFL. So it's like, I'm, I'm looking and your defense is stout. How could you not pull off this win against the Texans? Like you literally tied with one of the worst teams in the NFL in your division at that. Like the team that you tied with is now leading your division. And like, the funny that, thing about this, crazy as hell. and the funny thing about this, both of these teams are in similar positions, I feel like. Not at the quarterback position, but y'all are on the precipice of, like, getting to that next level of, like, being yes. a contender. Like, y'all have talent, but you guys have certain question marks that have you leaving, having a, a lot of people leaving you out outside of certain conversations that you want to be in. And the, the week one doesn't give anybody any confidence about where you guys' season could lead you. And this really leads me into my two-hour Wednesday of... Jimmy G will be San Francisco's quarterback by week eight because I think re-signing him didn't do Trey Lance any favors. It honestly just puts more pressure on Trey Lance to do something immediately. Will he get the opportunity to go through his growing pains when you have somebody like Jimmy G who always wins behind you? I think that's a question mark. Well, I think... I think week eight is too far out because let, let's just look at the next three to four games. You got the Seahawks, you got the Broncos, you got the Rams, and you got the Panthers. Those are your next four games. I got them honestly losing at least two out of four of those games. Well, the Rams we just seen y'all lose to the Bears, the bro. I just seen y'all lose the to Seahawks, the Bears. If you can't beat the Seahawks, which is a team that we did not expect to even win um, the other night playing against the Broncos, mm -hmm. like – there, I still don't think that highly of them. Yes, they beat the Broncos. Yes, they ruined Russell Wilson's coming home 
ceremony and all that. But they're still the Seahawks. It's Geno Smith. I don't expect Geno Smith to play like this every damn game. So, Trey Lance, this is another opportunity for you to prove if you could be the starter or not. You're playing another mediocre-like team. They're in your division, so this will play in your favor if you get a win over a divisional opponent. If you can't do this, I damn sure don't think you could do it against Denver and L.A. But that's my point, though, bro. With your schedule not being as hard, if you go, if you come out of that stretch and you like two and five, and it's like I got Jimmy G, because your your team is still ready made to win. You just got to the NFC Championship last year, bro. You didn't lose that much talent. You got the same talent, so you got to ride through the growing pains of of Trey Lance. But would you rather go through the growing pains or win now when you know you have the the roster that can win? That, that's why I'm saying I don't think it'll be all the way till week eight. I think by week six, they'll know. They'll know. Oh, they'll you know. saying it's going to be earlier. Hey, it's going to be earlier than week eight. Hell no. Nah. Not they too wild for me. This week. is a not too wild for me, man. I think Jimmy G, they didn't do I, him I any favors by resigning Jimmy G. Because week eight, they play the damn Chiefs. I don't yeah. want Jimmy G starting against the Chiefs. I want him to have a couple yeah. games <laughs> under his belt before he plays the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. By the by, the Rams or the Panthers game, you're gonna know if you want him to keep starting or not. Cause you'll have an Atlanta game to give Jimmy G a game under his belt and get used to playing again before you play the Chiefs that next game. So and I it's don't crazy. Think, I, I think it's too wild. I don't see it going eight games before they make and that it's decision. It's crazy, bro, because you know that Jimmy G isn't your quarterback of the future. You know this. Jimmy G has proven to you multiple, to- multiple times that he falls in the playoffs. But like I said, he wins, though. He wins with this system. And you know that Trey Lance is your future. Trey Lance has to be your future, should I say. He has to be your future because you gave up so much draft capital. capital and so many first-round picks to get him so that he has to work or you have to try it out to a certain extent. So can you give up on him so early to the fact where it's like, damn, I got to just jump to Jimmy G when you gave up so much to see if Trey Lance is the guy. And that's my question. You know one is your QB of the future, and you know one is just a bridge quarterback. Would you just ride it out with the, the young quarterback, or would you just go to the bridge? That's a tough situation to be in, bro, especially when you know your bridge can win now, and you got some players on that team that's not getting younger. But you you can't go back at this point. Like, if you're the 49ers – Unless Trey Lance plays terribly, like that, and that's what I'm saying. Like it could be too wild in the sense of I don't think they'll wait till week eight to take Trey Lance out if he's playing terrible. But if he's playing terrible by like week six, they're they're gonna have to take him out for that reason. I don't think it'll be a reason of like, hey, we noticed you struggling and we're not really even gonna give you a chance. Like we're we're trying to win now, so we'll make the switch like now. Like I, I just think it's not gonna take all the way to week eight for it to happen. I just think that's a tough situation, bro. And it's like, my heart is telling me that you have to just go through the... Same thing I was saying about Anthony Richardson. You just have to go through the growing pains of a young quarterback, especially when you got to where you got to last year. But you do have a a semi-young team where you can high-key just grow with Trey Lance. But it's just the expectation that you have for yourself that will come into playoff. Like, damn, we feel like we're a playoff team. And if he continues to struggle, we're not going to be a playoff team. So it's like, what what do you want more? Do you want the quarterback to develop or do you want to make the playoffs? What is more important? Honestly, the development of your quarterback should be the highest priority because that's going to help you in the future. 
over just making the playoffs for right now where you're probably going to lose to whoever you play in the playoffs. But that's just me. That's why I say it's not too – It's I'm kind of on the fence with it, but I'm going to just say not too wild. I think Jimmy G will be the quarterback by week eight. I do. All right, moving on. And my last one, the Minnesota Vikings will be a top three NFC team this season. From what we saw in week one, we know <laughs> Captain Kirk, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin, we know them boys going to get loose. But do you think they got enough to be a top three team, a real Super Bowl threat for the NFC? Will the Dolph- I mean, will the Vikings be that, too wild or not too wild? Top three? Because think about it, it's, bro. It's this not too NFC. wild. That's what yeah. I said. Nah, actually, it's too wild. I'm not going to overreact after one game, bro, and I think that's what niggas are doing. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are not good, and that's what that's really one that I want. I had a Vikings two-hour Wednesday, too. I wanted to talk about the Packers mostly about, about when I talked about the Vikings because the Packers are not good, bro. I was just going. I just picked the Packers to win the division off of blind faith off Aaron Rodgers. But what I seen in week one, them wild receivers are worse than I thought, bro. You know when I knew the shit was left? It was the first play of the goddamn game. Oh yeah, that first nigga, game. that nigga Aaron Rodgers hiked the fucking ball. <laughs> the wide receiver, there was the rookie wide receiver. They picked him in the second round or whatever. That boy get naked loose. down. There. That boy <laughs> running naked down the field, bro. Aaron Rodgers sling that thing. Hit that young nigga right in the hands. He drops it. I said, them niggas is trash. That's what I knew them <laughs> niggas was done for. I knew them niggas was cooked. I knew them boys was cooked, bro. So I said, oh, no, bro. I said, oh, no. I said, them boys cooked. So, yeah, yeah the Packers are done. Man. I'm not going to overreact off the Packers game because I don't think the Packers are that good. But the defense for the Vikings is much improved compared to last year. But their secondary just was not attacked enough for you to really see the, the holes in their defense. I think they still have a little too many holes in their defense, but the offense was always explosive. We always talked about it. You talked about it last year, about having Justin Jefferson, Thielen. Uh, now you got Cook. They got the weapons, but it's the, it's, it's the Vikings, bro. They're, they're, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the, the Vikings or in the, like the Cowboys in that respect of like, something is going to go wrong with this team. But I'm, I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of, I think the Bucks. And the Rams are still the top two teams when it comes to like real Super Bowl threats for the NFC. And when it comes to that second tier, you got the Saints, Eagles, and I think the Vikings are in that. I like them Eagles. I like them Eagles, yeah. I think the Saints, Eagles, and Vikings are all in that second tier. And then the the most wild pick to probably really make the playoffs out of the NFC, of course, would be like the Cardinals if some shit turns around with them. Or shit, who else? Maybe the Giants shock everybody and and make some playoff noise or whatever. But th- mm-hmm. those are like the bottom two tier teams I see having any type of playoff threat. But the top two teams I have is the Bucks, the Rams, and then the the teams right under that that could really stir something up are the Vikings, the Saints, and the Eagles. So I say not too wild. I think the Vikings have a great shot at being a top three NFC team. Too wild. I got the. I would have the Rams, Bucks. I had. I like the Eagles, and I like the Saints over the Vikings as well. I think the Vikings make the playoffs though, because I think they win this division. But I wouldn't have them top three. Nah. And moving on, my last one. I got. If the Pats finish under five hundred, 
Bill Belichick should retire after 2023. Too wild or not too wild? Mm. Mm. You really want to end on a sour note like that, though? You don't want to. <laughs> you got six any... rings, bro. You've been in the league. You 89. Get your ass out the league. Shit. But you. That nigga is not 89. Like, Man, that nigga old as shit. I don't know how old he is. I was like, whoa, that boy is not 89. <laughs> if, he 80, if he 89, Pete Carroll dirt. <laughs> Pete Carroll is dirt. No, he's 70. He's 70. <laughs> but um, the only reason I say no, I, I would say too wild, is because I think in the back of Bill Belichick's head, you don't want to leave with a sour taste in the world of football, like in the mouth of the world of football, because your success has been at this point, people are saying Tom Brady carried you because of the lack of success you're having now as a coach and the success he's having as a player. But he made I the think, playoffs last year. But I think Belichick wants, but on your last season though, I think you really want to end it on a good note. I don't think you want to end it on a damn, you ain't even made the playoffs. You know, you don't want to end it on that type of vibe. I think Bill Bill, Belichick. Listen to this nigga, bro. (laughs) Once at least one last decent season. I think I think this is a a it for Bill. If they end up end of under five hundred, I think he's proven what he's needed to prove about like the success after Brady. You went to the playoffs. You proved everything you need to prove to me, bro. People who don't want to just ride Brady dick. Like I agree that Bill Belichick is the goat. You proved last year that you can make it to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. You have done your job. But this season, this season does not look good at all. I think y'all going to be last in the AFC East. And just, I think really why I say this is because of drafting and building the team. He's not as sharp as he used to be before, bro. Because draft, his last few drafts have been terrible. Like the player's not even on the team in a couple of years. Like they're picking people in first rounds who have like third round grades thinking they're outsmarting everybody when they're really not. Like I think drafting and building this team after Tom Brady is where he's stumbling right now. Yeah, you made the playoffs, but building for the future doesn't look good. You just got Mac Jones and what else? Your wide receivers ass. Uh, your tight ends, you drafted two of them last year. Now They're not even on the roster no more. Your offensive line is really the only thing you have. Your defense has holes in it, gaping holes. I think this team just has a lot of holes to fill and you don't have enough draft capital capital, and you don't have enough money to really shore up these things in a quick amount of time where y'all will be back in contention in an, over the next couple of years. I think this is the time to get out, Bill. You prove what you needed to prove, bro. Let people feel how they want to feel about your legacy, but I think he's done enough without Tom to say that, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a good. I'm, I, I can retire peacefully, even on the sour note. So... I don't know. I think it's just something to think about, dude. I really do. And moving on, we got social media wants to know. We got should married couples have joint accounts? Yeah, bro. So on the Breakfast Club, some dude had called in. I don't know who it was. It was some some listener of the Breakfast Club. He called in because they were having this conversation. And he was saying how he and his wife had a joint account. And she took out $17,000 without telling him to help her brother with whatever legal situation he was going through. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you helping your brother and all that. But you took 17 bands out of our account without telling me? 
Like, I just, nah, bro. I think that's that's some shit you can't just do. That's too much money to just be taken out without notifying your partner. So I thought this was an interesting conversation because a lot of people um, on social media were debating if you should even have a joint account with your partner, no matter if you're married or just in a relationship. Some people mm-hmm. were saying, yeah, it's necessary because... Like, you know, you can have Bills, your funds, taxes, you can have yeah. hers and mm-hmm. all that. So I just, I just wanted to get your perspective on it. I think it's good to have a joint account, but I also think it's good to have one of your own. You know what I'm saying? Where you're primarily spending from from each person. Because if he was looking for 17000 okay, that's 17000 coming out of your personal fund. It ain't coming out of ours, like you said, unless you talk about it. But I think it's good to have one for bills and taxes purposes, that type of joint account. Oh, but yeah. we both have our own in terms of, okay, we're going to do our separate spending. I would never have somebody take money out without permission, bro. Not at all. I would turn into motherfucking Walter White. If a bitch took $17,000 out of my fucking account. If y'all watch Breaking Bad, if do y'all remember when Skylar gave that money to uh Benicky and my nigga Walter White? That's when Walter White really went mad down there. He was laughing at that iconic ass scene. I would have turned into fucking Walter White into a fucking madman slinging that meth on the street if niggas would have gave up $17,000, bro. Hell no. Without talking to me, that's most of my money. Probably most of that nigga money, too. Fuck out of here. You're not saying the same yeah, thing. I would have turned into a madman, bro. I ain't agree with it at all. I totally agree with Quincy. Like, yeah, I'll have mine. You can have your account. And then we have an account that it's not even really a spending account. Like, it's like Quincy said. It's for bills, taxes, investments, whatever that, yeah. whatever that joint account is for. That's what that account is specifically for. And there has to be, like, some type of authorization to where we can't take X amount of dollars out without no, notifying the other person. What you mm. do with your own account is what you do. We have our own personal spending, but then we got the bills, the bill card, as you want to call it. And why are you giving your brother $17,000? That's too much. What does that nigga need $17,000 for? She knew that her husband was going to say no, and that's why she did that shit trying to be slick. What the hell are you giving that nigga? 17K? I don't give a damn how old I am. I ain't giving no nigga 17K unless that nigga coming to me with a business proposal, nigga. Unless that nigga got some shit in effect and I'm investing some shit. I ain't giving no nigga 17, bro. She get, she probably gave that shit to him like it was 1700 That shit crazy, bro. You nuts. 17K? Yeah, that, that's too much, bro. That's what I'm saying. Now, if it was 1700 okay, you'll, you'll be all right. Because it's like, yeah, you took out money without me knowing. But it was 1700 If we're a married couple, we're we're older, I'm sure we can lose 1700 and be somewhat okay. Yeah. But 17 bands? Bro. No, that's too much. That probably knocked the whole <laughs> goddamn account down to buy under 10 yeah, right bro. now. That's come on, bro. You crazy, and, bro. I, I just thought that was a good conversation. Cause I nah, because I think because I think yeah. it's a situation where you got to step to the brother at that point, or you got to. I'm not even stepping to the brother. The sister would have, or his wife would have to step to her brother and say, "Hey, I need that money back." Cause ain't no way I'm yeah. letting that nigga keep the 17. Hell no, <laughs> that nigga ain't keeping the 17. He can get 17 from your account. He ain't getting 17 from ours. Fuck no, I'm getting that 17 back. That's why that nigga was on a breakfast club trying to get his shit off because he wanted somebody to hear this goddamn story, bro. <laughs> he was holding that shit in for so long. He wanted somebody to hear what the hell been going on in his household. I understand him too because that's some nut shit, bro. 17,000? I that's agree. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. 
I All right, man. Moving on to entertainment and current events. We got R.I.P. to PNB Rock, man. Definitely thoughts and prayers to his family, his girlfriend, his daughter, because this is a tragic situation. Yeah, man. So he was um yesterday on Monday, he was in a uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles restaurant in L.A. And somebody, I, I believe they say his baby mom posted a picture of the breakfast that they were eating and the location. You know, on Instagram, if you post the, the location gif, it'll actually show what your actual location is. And a lot of people are saying it's her fault. Like, she's the reason why um, whoever whoever the suspect was that came in and shot him and um, ultimately killed him, they're saying it's her fault because she posted the location and she's supposed to know better than that, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, bro, they have a kid together and everything. Like, she already probably feels terrible about the fact that it could probably be her fault. But all of the internet just shaming her and just slandering her, saying that it's your fault that this man dead. Like, I just don't fuck with that, bro. Like, I don't I don't like that because we don't know. What if somebody else in the restaurant posted a picture of him and dropped his location? We don't know if it was her exact posting. She didn't even put him in the picture. It was just the food and the location. So what if you rolled up and it was just her and he wasn't with her? You know what I'm saying? So I, I just don't like the fact everybody on her head right now. Yeah, you probably shouldn't post your location and other celebrities have come out since then giving their condolences, but also saying don't post your location until you leave or just don't post it at all. But, you know, it, it's a situation the where culture, she didn't even bro. post him. She didn't even post him, though. I think she posted his watch and they figured out who he was. she was with. I don't even think it had anything to do with the location shit. Exactly, Because he has a track record of getting caught up with, like, thugs and gangsters. I think he had an interview with um, DJ Academics, Academics. recently. Yep. He was telling a story about people trying to get at him, people trying to rob him. And this is L.A. People got to stop thinking that L.A. is this sweet-ass place that you go to just act. That's still one of the most violent areas because people know that they can come up off you. And people know that it's nothing but green people in L.A. thinking shit's sweet. So everybody is probably around that uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles trying to see who walking in there. Like you said, somebody else could have took a picture of him or it could have been niggas just looking in or somebody who's seen him go at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles who was just plotting on that nigga from the jump. It didn't have to, ha- it didn't have to be because of her location sharing that he's dead. The nigga was getting plotted on. For- it could have been that he just get- was getting plotted on. That was it. Like, but everybody blaming her, it just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many other factors that could have been involved with his death. And I feel like we're not praying for the family enough. We're trying to blame her, but not thinking about like how much she's hurting, how much the family is hurting. Like nobody gives a fuck whose fault it is. The nigga is dead. You feel me? PNB is dead over some bullshit. Yeah. No matter whether, no matter whether she gave it the location or not, not enough blame is going to the people, the person that actually shot him. And that's the, that's the fucked up thing. Like nobody is actually blaming the robber. That was trying to rob him and who eventually shot him. Nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about some old oh, location, location. No. Blame the fucking robber who tried to get at this nigga, bro. Like, that's the issue. Like, that is the issue that we have to hit home. Like, why are you trying to rob a nigga in broad daylight when you with his girl and shit? Like, that's the issue, bro. But we talking about location shit. That's some bullshit, bro. Yeah, because yeah. and another thing. A lot of the people who are saying don't share your location, blah, blah, blah. Share their location. We are are normal people, bro. We are not celebrities and we are not rich. Like, if you are not a rich celebrity or a well known, wealthy person or anybody on that level, 
this shit do not apply to you. <laughs> All of us regular everyday people continue doing what the hell you doing and posting wherever yeah. you at if, if you do that type of stuff. Like and, I can and, go to goddamn Aruba and post my location. Ain't nobody finna come and plot me. Like I don't know no fucking body. I'm not known. I don't gotta follow the same guidelines that niggas like Drake and niggas like that gotta follow. Like and and this and this man. is the thing, bro. Like you said, she's a normal human being, and eighty percent of you bitches on Instagram post y'all location. So it's crazy that I'm seeing everybody or every girl out here, every nigga out here saying, "Oh, don't post y'all location." Well, eighty percent of y'all do that shit when y'all out. A lot of y'all post. A lot of y'all post where y'all work every damn day. Yeah. A lot of y'all post, <laughs> post y'all going downtown doing the same shit every other weekend. So niggas know your routines. Not only do people know y'all locations, people know y'all routines. Like people know where y'all kids go to school. Sometimes, like people know so much shit about y'all. So a lot of y'all saying that. Don't post your location, blah, 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 talking about just specific events. Y'all be sharing y'all whole lives with people, but y'all got all the sense in the world when it comes to this. So exactly. I, I just don't like people doing that, bro. Like, leave that girl alone. She hurting, her, her child hurting, her family hurting. Like, it, it's a sad situation. You shouldn't be saying shit right now, but giving condolences and hoping that they catch whoever it was that did the shit. Exactly. But that's the type of world we living in, though, bro. We so quick to the pass the blame that we're so desensitized to the actual murder that happened. It was an actual yeah. murder video on Twitter showing exactly, PNB bleeding out and people are retweeting it and sharing it. Like, damn, we don't even got the common decency of like just not recording somebody when they're dying. This nigga is in there talking shit while recording. You know what I'm saying? A nigga bleeding out. Who does that? But that's the type of society and world we live in that we just trying to capture some shit for views, bro. It's like, what? Are, what how do people get off of that shit? Like, we're just so desensitized, bro. And it, we can't really go back because we've seen so much now. But it's just, it's just so fucked up, the type of world that we're living in, bro. That niggas can't even go out to eat without feeling like, damn, I'm about to, I don't know if this is going to be my last meal, bro. Like, that shit is nuts, dog. That it's crazy. the culture, like Kendrick said. It's the culture, bro. That's shit, crazy, wow. but hey, this is that's another sign, bro. That every day, love your loved ones and definitely appreciate them, bro. Because you don't know if you're gonna see them boys tomorrow. PNB was 30 years old, bro. He didn't think uh, yesterday was gonna be his last day. So you gotta love the people who's around hey. you, bro. Appreciate them as well. And the situations that he said he was in prior to this, every time he said he he let it be known, I'm not on that shit. Like, especially I got my girl and my daughter with me. I'm not on that shit. Anytime that anybody ever caught him, quote unquote, lacking, he had his people with him. Like, he was like, bro, I ain't no bitch or nothing, but I'm not on that shit. Like, I know mm -hmm. that's all y'all want out of me. Y'all want a reaction out of me. So that way I can give you a reason to do whatever it is you already trying to do to me. And mm -hmm. the fact that he let people know that's not the type of shit that he was on. And then that still end up being the way he died. Like that, that's that's fucked up, bro. That shit crazy. That is, bro. Definitely prayers up to PNB and his family once again, bro. Damn. He was so talented too, man. A lot of hits on his resume. And it's like, damn. Mm -hmm. Losing somebody that young at 30, bro. That, that's man, that's young, bro. Definitely RIP. And uh moving on to Queen Elizabeth dies at the age of 96. Yeah, the only reason this is on the docket is because I thought this was an interesting conversation. Uh, if you haven't heard Queen Elizabeth II, uh, the Queen of England, who's been reigning since like the 1920s, she died last week on September 8th. 
And a lot of black people were oddly very sympathetic. And I just wanted to touch on this because what has the queen done? I'll specifically say black Americans because I don't know how black people in other parts of the world feel about her. I feel like it's black people as collective. We all have the same way of thinking a lot of times. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) specifically for black Americans, why were any of you affected by this? Why did any of y'all feel sorry about this person or whatever? I get it. The person died. Give your condolences. But some of y'all were like actually upset about this. And it's like, what has she done for y'all? Like she has a hit. They have a history of stealing from black people. A lot of the diamonds in the queen's jewelry and the royal family and all that come from Africa and they've stolen them from tribes. Like she has been known to be part of like several oppression on um, leadership things going mm-hmm. on in Africa and whatnot to where it's like she and the whole situation with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, they literally <laughs> was going to condemn their baby if Facts. it was going to be too dark skinned. So why the fuck are we crying about this lady? Like Facts. I really had no emotions about this. That's and, and that's the funny thing of like, I don't really know what the queen does. I just know her name and she I know the fuck head. shit that she does. Like the, the, the princess Diana situation and then the Meghan Markle situation. That's really all, the only thing I know her for. Obviously, I don't stay over there in England, so I don't keep up with none of the shit that she does, how she controls or impacts things. I just know about the fuck shit and how she... Because I ended up watching a documentary on that Princess Diana situation, how she almost, how she got killed and shit. And it was like heavily implicating that it was obviously the royal family that did it. So it's like, that's really the only reason why I know who Queen Elizabeth is. She doesn't impact my life in any way, so I really don't know too much. Ain't really no yeah, I, I just thought that was crazy. Um, and I don't know how I feel about people like Barack Obama and DL Hughley saying their condolences and shit like that. Maybe Obama got to say it just because he was such a big political figure and he just tries to still play his part with making sure America has ties and connections still with certain countries. But people like DL Hughley and all them, like, it's why the fuck are y'all giving y'all condolences about? It? This shit when y'all when y'all know the same shit that we know we younger than y'all that we know the same shit so yeah. it's like i i don't know i don't understand how certain people can just like when donald trump died like i niggas better not be right here sad i know that <laughs> oh, I, I ain't planning on the man death or nothing like that but I, bro I feel, niggas gonna be boohoo crying just listen, over twelve hundred dollars over 1200 listen to this bro listen to this would you rather have dinner with R. Kelly, or would you rather have Denny dinner with Donald Trump? R. Kelly. Why? Well, first off, he's he's R. Kelly. But I mean, I mean, but why? <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump is Donald Trump. I'm not sitting with Donald Trump. I'm just not doing it. Why? The man probably would hang me if he had the option. So this is the thing, bro. Both of the both of them niggas is sick as hell. R. Kelly, I'm not into music. So why the f- what the fuck would I get from R. Kelly, bro? Would that nigga tell me his date rape tricks and how he be taking advantage of women? That's that's the shit I'm gonna get from R. Kelly. I could probably get that shit from both of them. But the thing I'm about, about Donald Trump, <laughs> but the thing about Donald Trump, he could put you on hella game, bro. Cause that nigga a real deal billionaire. Like why niggas choosing some music, nigga? Nigga R. Kelly, when you can get some real game from a billionaire type shit. Like I said, both of them niggas are some sick individuals. But give me the conversation with the racist billionaire any fucking time. Talk shit about me, but definitely put me on at the same time. I'll definitely take a dinner with Donald Trump. Bro, you think he's gonna put you? You definitely gonna have better conversations with Donald Trump than R. Kelly? What you? What he gonna sing to you? 
You ain't got to talk. Yo, you ain't, you never say you going to dinner talk. with this nigga. What you mean you ain't gonna talk? <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to talk with this nigga. <laughs> That's like the dinner with Jay-Z. No, because everybody said this about that Jay-Z shit. Everybody said just because you go on the dinner with him, that don't mean he gonna talk to your ass. I ain't gotta talk to R. Kelly. I can just sit at the damn table with nah, him. Nah, but dinner. R. Kelly ain't gotta talk to you, but you would talk to R. Kelly, bro. You would definitely talk to R. Kelly. Look, what would I say? Anything that comes out of my mouth is gonna be a line from Trapped in the Closet series. I'm not talking. It's crazy because you because you could get your shit off. Like you could talk shit if you was to go to dinner with Donald Trump. You could talk your shit, say how mad you are about everything that happened in America uh, under his term. But at the end of the day, who are you getting the most game from, bro? Are you getting the most game from Donald Trump? If you asking the right questions, obviously. And they're actually willing to talk to you. Are you getting the most game from R. Kelly? Are you getting the most game from Donald Trump? You're getting it from Donald Trump. Donald Trump? But that's assuming he going to give me game. But that's what I said. They're both willing to talk to you. Both of them niggas celebrities. They don't got to talk to us. But I'm saying if y'all having a conversation, like real men, yeah, that nigga a racist piece of shit. But who going to put you on more game? Donald Trump. Unless you into music. But we see what that nigga R. Kelly do. Even if you interested in music, we see what he do with younger niggas, younger people. If you're interested in music, you know, we know that story. So I don't even know if you even, even if you in the music, I don't even know if you want to go that R. Kelly route. But Donald Trump, like I said, he a sick nigga too. He got the, he got a pass with sexual assault too and sex trafficking. But who are you getting more game from? Donald Trump. I don't know. I don't see it, <laughs> I don't see it at all. I don't see it. All right, bro. Moving on. We got. Quinta Brunson wins an Emmy. So she ended up getting an Emmy for Best Comedy Writer. And she, uh, uh, Cheryl, damn, what is her name? Cheryl Wright, uh, who plays, uh, damn, what's the lady name on, uh, Ava? No. Oh, the, the black teacher? Black teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Miss, um, damn, what was her name? Wow, Miss what was her name? Damn. I know her name. I think her real Damn name it. is Cheryl Wright, but I forgot her her school. I'm name. looking it up right now. Damn, Miss Barbara. Miss Barbara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Miss Barbara, she ended up getting the Emmy last night as well for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. So definitely shout out to her. I know Zendaya ended up getting another Emmy for Euphoria. So definitely congratulations to those women. But I really want to keep a focus on Quinta Brunson because that was a big deal. Definitely a big step for her. Somebody who came from like the social media route, she ended up working for BuzzFeed. Now we see her at the top of the mountain at this point, and her show is just going to continuously get bigger. So I just want to give her nothing but flowers and congratulations for getting that because that's a big step, a big step for black creators, man. So definitely appreciate that. that sure. Definitely, bro. I, I see her reaching heights even further than Abbott Elementary. Like she could probably produce and act in other shows. We could probably see Quinta Brunson have her fingers in some movies later down the line. Like oh, she's still sure. young. She's young enough to where she could still do so much shit. She could be around for decades, bro. So I, I love to see the role that she's on right now with Abbott Elementary and the way like she's basically following in the footsteps and could possibly surpass whatever levels the office put when it came to that fourth wall breaking um type of stuff. So I love what she's doing with that. And I'm excited to see everything she's going to do later down the line. But the big thing about her winning the Emmy was really her accepted speech and the Jimmy Kimmel situation, which was just weird. I don't know if it was a joke or some hater shit, but 
him laying on the ground right next to her while she's giving her acceptance speech. I don't, I don't, was, I don't understand it. I don't. I've never seen no goofy shit like that before in my life, bro. It was like some inside joke between them because she she gave a um an answer to one of the reporters afterwards. It it was posted on Instagram because they everybody was on Jimmy Kimmel head saying I like don't he was give a, a fuck if it's an inside that. joke or not, bro. You're not stealing the shit away from my moment, my nigga. Do that she, shit. She we went outside of the after party. She wasn't fuck upset. That. She gonna she act on the outside. On the outside. She gonna say that shit for the media? Hell yeah, she gonna say that, bro. Anybody no, she gonna say literally, that? She literally said, "I didn't have a problem with it, but I don't know what the internet says." Like that's literally what she said. Like she said, she doesn't have a problem with it, but she don't know how everybody else feel about it. You don't think she, she felt she awkward as hell? Major, she gave him major love. She you don't think so awkward as hell when she giving a goddamn speech enough? She said she did. Her she literally said this she is did lying. It. You think she telling the truth, my nigga? <laughs> Do you think she just gonna spew everything the truth with Quinta Brunson? She felt awkward as hell. That was some whack ass shit by Jimmy Kimmy. I don't give a fuck what inside joke that was. You could do that shit at the after party, my nigga. When I'm giving my acceptance speech, my big acceptance speech, get your ass out my spotlight. That's real shit. I don't give a fuck if she said it's okay. I know damn well she know that wasn't okay. That goofy shit. That shit was goofy. You allowing the shit? If it's if it's an inside joke, you allowing that goofy shit? And your it's moment, a nigga. If it's a nigga I know and it's a nigga that helped put me in the game for real and like really was an idol to me and gave me some of my first actual acting oh, opportunities, none of that. I'm really, I ain't phased by it. Like, I don't care. I ain't fuck. fucking like, none of that. That's she literally went, she literally went on a whole spiel about how he really was one of the only people to give me my first real break, was able to put me on his show, was able to put me on a platform that I was bro, to you, link with Bro, these we've people. seen so many so. people put other people on, but we ain't never seen a nigga do some goofy shit like that. Where you take the, the moment away from me. We don't know the relationship they But got. it doesn't matter what the relationship is, bro. Moment, some shit just called for certain shit, bro. Where, okay, it's a time for this and it's a time for this. It's a time for me to have my fucking moment at the Emmys, bro. It ain't the time for you to do that goofy shit. Whether she's cool with it or not. It don't matter what their relationship is. It's a time and a place for everything, bro. When she has her own. And every picture, this goofy ass nigga laying on the floor in her moment. No matter whether she's cool with it or not, this shit just goofy, bro. Whether she cool with it or not. I can't be cool with that, bro. You take it. I don't care what you did to put her on. We've seen so many niggas get put on. And nobody's ever done no goofy shit like that. I can give you praise without you doing goofy shit. Come on, bro. I, just, I can't rock with it. I can't rock with it. But moving on to movie and show news, we got Avatar Avatar 4 is already filming. If you guys don't know, Avatar 2 has not come out yet, but apparently Avatar 4 is already in production. Apparently, there's supposed to be five movies that come out in this film series. We get the second one in December, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be every year after that we're getting another Avatar movie. So just expect these to come out rapidly. I wonder what the quality of the shit going to be because what if the reception of the second one is not good and you kind of like like the... Oh, that the, shit going to be fire. But I'm saying, what if? If the shit is not good and we kind of like, ah, that shit was straight, but it wasn't that great, but you going to continue to make the movies? when you If the reception isn't there, you're going to continue to make the movies? You're going to get money off of it, but it's like I think that's a big thing is reception, bro. And I think it would have been smart to see how the second one does. It's, pro I'm pr it's probably going to be fire. I know it's going to be fire, actually, because the first one was fire. 
But I think it's just a good thing. It's just the safest thing to just see how shit play out and then rock on with the third, the fourth, the fifth. But they already on the fourth movie filming this. Like, damn, that's a lot of confidence in what the second and the third one going to be. That shit crazy. And, and now that we know they're already filming on the fourth, that means what took them so long since the first Avatar is they were filming for both the second and third movie. So, What do you mean? Like, they... Like, because honestly, I thought this whole time, like, over the past few years, they only been filming for the second one. No, they must have been filming for the second and third one this whole time, which is why now they're announcing Avatar Avatar 4 is already filming because we done did the third one without even really telling y'all. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm saying. But maybe, maybe the second one that's about to come out is like a part one or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's probably why they're saying we already filming the fourth one because with they're probably not calling this Avatar Two or Avatar whatever part one. Way or of Water, yeah, yeah. They're they're calling it Way of Water, and then maybe next year it could be Way of something else, and it could be like a second half to whatever this um second Avatar movie's gonna be. So I think the second and third one are probably gonna be part one, part two type of movies. Let me see, bro, because they got Avatar. Okay, they don't have the actual names of the images up here other than Way of Water movies. But I did see one. They had the names on there. I don't know why I don't see it now. But, well, oh, well. But, yeah, so we got what? No, it's going to be every two years. So they said Avatar 3 is going to be 2024. Avatar 4 is going to be 2026. Avatar 5 is going to be 2028. They damn sure pumping them bitches out. That's crazy. But definitely shot the number. I'm definitely excited for that second one, and we definitely gotta uh start working on that uh, Avatar review for sure. Cause uh, yeah. I just watched that recently too, like a couple months ago. We can definitely do that. And moving on, we have the Little Mermaid backlash. I think I got the yeah. what's the name for that? I'm about to say if you got the trailer, go ahead and show it. We gotta give Halle some love. This shit finna be fire. I don't give a damn what nobody say. This shit finna be fire, bro. I don't know why for people sure. hating, bro. And people pissing me off because people got so much nitpicking, bro. It's not even real criticism. People yeah. talk about why she don't look like she underwater for real. Like, people giving shit like that, bro. Like, come on now. Why isn't her hair more red? Or, like, why why she don't look more like a, a real siren type of mermaid? Like, bro, it is a fucking Disney movie. Calm down. Yes, it's yeah. The Little Mermaid. It's a real life adaptation. How many real life adaptation <laughs> movies have you seen where the shit was really flawless? I Usually these one. movies don't turn out that well anyway, though. Exactly. So yeah. it's like it's not like we got this trail of live action movies that have come from the animated ones that we could just say she got a she got a lot to build on go off of. So yeah. like I I just think people hating, bro. It's a lot of people mad at the fact that it's a black mermaid when mermaids were don't even have a race for real like you know, mermaids <laughs> but it, it was a certain shit yeah. i saw people saying they need to make her look more like a, a siren and for those of you who don't know sirens are like the evil versions of mermaids or a quote-unquote more realistic look of a mermaid this is a disney movie we're not trying to scare the little kids. <laughs> like, if you look up a siren and look up a mermaid, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, why would they yeah. want her to look like this? Like, <laughs> she would look like some real demonic type shit if they made her look like oh, that. Oh, okay. But people were saying, like, she don't look like she in water for real and this, that, and the third. Like, 
people just got people got criticisms off of a not even a full minute for real trailer. I, I just I hate people sometimes when it comes to criticism like that. It's crazy because the, the, you bring up the siren. They might have her the the old what's the fat girl lady name Ursula. That, Ursula. They might have her as the the siren or whatever. Since you say she's so demonic or whatever. Well, she. Ursula was like a, a octopus character, so she mm. can't really be a siren for real. Because sirens are literally like demonic um, mermaids. mermaids, basically. So oh, okay. Well, I'm definitely excited. I'll definitely be watching that. I'm definitely looking forward to it too. So definitely shout out to Hallie for getting that back. And that singing sounds amazing. That's what stuck oh, yeah. out to me the most. Because uh y'all can't get any little white girl to step into this role, but who got the pipes like her though? That's what y'all really need to be questioning. Y'all talking about the the race of it, but who's singing like Hallie? Who tapping who who tapping out of that? That's what that's why a lot of them girls, them white girls, got beat out because nobody can sing like her. And that's what really matter about a live action uh musical, the goddamn singing. So that's why she won. Y'all gotta stop hating on that goofy shit. Cause we don't want nobody that's gonna have a voiceover. Nah, we want somebody yeah, who really gonna we sing. Need that real <laughs> shit. We need that real shit. So yeah. That's why she got that goddamn road. Moving on to past the ox, bro. What you got for song of the week? Uh, damn, good question. What I got for song of the week, bro? Man, definitely rest in peace to PNB Rock. I got Scrub by PNB, man. My favorite song by PNB. That's gonna be my song of the week. Damn, what's my song of the week? I'll go with Big Stunner by Quavo and Takeoff. And Birdman, Birdman had like a 30 second voice. But Birdman <laughs> fucks up every track he's on. I'm not listening to it. <laughs> I'm not listening to it. If that just just listen for Quay and Take. Just listen for Quay and Take, y'all. I ain't gonna lie to the hook fire. Big stutter. That's well, Birdman does the hook. Birdman does the hit. No, no, no. He, that's what I'm saying. His, his part is only like 25. Oh, okay. Because it's only it's one really song Birdman has ever been on that he didn't Javinci. fuck up, and that was and that was Javinci. That was it. Yeah, he's fucked up every other. He's fucked up. Every other. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, no. Stunning like my daddy. Stunning like my daddy. Stunning like my daddy. That's yeah. another. That's another. One. Yeah. I was thinking about stunning like my daddy in the bucket. Like head. a lot, a lot of the old shit Birdman was a part of. Yeah, like because we taking over Birdman. Then I'm number one. Yeah, like that shit was fire, bro. A lot of old Birdman shit was fire, but. When he got to that 2010 era when he was still trying to rap with Nicki Wayne and Dre, it's like, nah, bro, we're, we're not here for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we'd rather listen to Tiger over your ass right now. <laughs> Ask Tiger? Nigga, Tiger lost all his respect, bro. He came into the game right and really lost all of it. He came in with a... Wasn't he on Bear Rock? I want to say he was on yeah. Bear Rock. So oh many God. niggas got introduced to us that didn't last. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh my. If you was on that Bear Rock song, we expected you to be here for a long time, <laughs> Tiger was here. He had Rack City, and then I don't remember what the fuck else he did. Uh, yeah, and moving on to movie and show reviews, man. What we got coming up? Uh, we just did episodes three and four for She-Hulk, so that'll be coming out soon. Uh, we trying to decide right now what episodes we're going to do for Raising Canaan. We'll probably just have a full season two review for y'all coming out whenever the season is done. But uh, like Quincy said, we got to do an Avatar 1 uh, review, Pray. I was just telling Quincy earlier about some of my coworkers. They also told me about the movie Prey. They say that shit is fire. They're That's comic book heads, and they read all the Alien comic books back in the day, Alien vs. Predator, and they actually approved of this movie. So it must mm-hmm. actually be on um, for real. So I got to I, I was hearing that good that shit about it too. That. Yeah, so, I was hearing yeah. that good shit. 
All right, man. We appreciate y'all for listening. And we out. Peace.